Happy New Year. Welcome to the ninth episode of the immensely super massive comic book podcast of stuff. I'm Tony Guerrero, the editor-in-chief of Comic Vine, and I have returning to the show, Brian Bucciolato. Howdy. How I'm you back. You are for back. The, for the 013? Yeah. How does that go? The, the 2013? Um, I, I don't know. 2013, 2013. What, what do you prefer? Well, isn't there shouldn't be there should be like a like a hip way of saying it, and I don't know what that is. I don't know because it, it, it's just actually first before we we fully get started, I should point out you are the co-writer and colorist for the Flash. That's correct. And um, so let, let's see uh, where are we at? We're January second. So um, you also had you had a book come out today when this goes live so the flash 15 came out flash uh is flash been pushed to january 2nd yeah it's january 2nd because um so basically january 2nd i'm I'm telling you when your books are coming out um, january 2nd and then 16 comes out on january 30th that's crazy it's because of december was crazy so the the what was it the um um the the 19th there was uh-huh. like like a million Marvel books came out, and there there's a, a good handful of DC ones. But the following week on the 26th, there was only Justice League of, and um, Aquaman that came out from DC. So I think because of that that week, because of the holidays, a lot of stuff that should have come out because usually flashes is, is a, a what fourth week. Yeah, week four. I wonder if it's uh, because of the holiday schedule and the printing and such. I don't know about the printing, but I mean, I mean, obviously there's no delays. I, I think it's just the holidays and and because for whatever reason DC felt let's only put out two books, which is kind of good but kind of bad. I mean, you know, I, I, I well, wonder how many people are, are going. You know, went to the comic stores on. Right. On the day after Christmas, if they you know believe in Christmas stuff, Is, isn't there a name for for that day, the shopping day, the day after Christmas? Is that is it? It's Boxing Day, I think, but that's not a shopping day. Isn't that? I, a, I thought like it was like Black Christmas. I don't know. I, I don't know either. White probably, Christmas, I, Green I, Christmas. I, I, I probably made it up. Maybe. No, like in like Black Friday, like there is there's. I thought the day after Christmas, everyone goes and returns all the stuff that they got with receipts that they didn't like. Yeah, they usually do. I don't. I don't know what the name is. I mean. I don't know if it'd be would it be called black? Because black, well, I guess Black Friday is because that's when the stores get into black. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, they're no longer in the red because they've made their money for the year. But if people are returning stuff, that's not but, good. Unless uh, maybe, maybe it's back to red, or maybe it's like a orange. You're your colorist. You can come up with some some other unique color. Maybe. But I don't know if it's color. It shouldn't be a color based thing. I think it has more to do with what it stands for. I think it's like ingrate ingrate. 26th maybe yeah but i mean if you get something and and you already have like three of them and then someone sends you something else it's like do you really need another one that's true this is true and you know i I guess most people are are probably going to get store credit you know they're probably not going to get like a cash refund right because i i don't know i with the if you have a gift receipt 
I don't think you can get cash back. You probably just get the store credit. Right. And then you try to buy something that you really want. And they probably don't have it. So yeah. you get mad. Yeah. But then they always yeah. usually have like the crazy sales. Like, you know, they're always trying to, you spend a lot of money. Now come spend some more money. Right. We got to blow this stuff out before the end of the year. Yeah. So Flash 15. So this is the solicit I have in front of me. Flash forward in time as Barry Allen goes to extreme measures to defeat Grodd. That's that's a, checkpoint number one. Because you know how, how DC is doing a lot of the checkpoints and their solicits? Yes. Which is a weird. I don't, I don't know if, if there's a reason for that, if you know anything about that. No, they don't, uh, they don't keep me abreast of any situations okay. in the world of DC. <laughs> like you didn't even know when your book came out. Exactly. Just that they sent you a copy early. Um, second checkpoint, Barry uses the speed mind to glimpse the future and things are not looking good for him and the rogues. And the third I, one, I, mm-hmm. well, I'm definitely going to ask you what the heck that's about. The third yeah. one, and that's before things get much, much worse. <laughs> I want to know who write who writes these solicits because it's not you and Francis, right? No, it's not. I, I wouldn't want the job of writing them. It seems like that's a tough job. Yeah, because you have to you have to make it enticing, you have to make it exciting, you have to kind of leave it vague. But I mean, yeah, I mean, I, they always spoil stuff. I got to tell you, like they they love to spoil stuff. I guess, like like speed mind. Barry uses speed mind to glimpse the future. I mean, oh. well, I mean that's a spoiler. I mean, to me, the like one of the bigger spoilers is when they announced that Reverse Flash was going to be in seventeen. I was like, well, so I guess it won't be a surprise for anyone. Yeah. Well, I don't know. I mean, I guess that's that's something else to talk about, like the solicits. I mean, I hate reading the solicits. Like, honestly, this is the first time, and and you know, as people know, we're re- recording this early. Um, you know, it's not really January second, um, but in my heart, it is. Yeah, this is the first time I've actually read the solicit because I. Happy I'm, New Year, by the way. What? Happy New Year to you. Thanks. Yeah. Um, hopefully, you're not hungover or anything. I know you don't do that. You're responsible. I am. I am. Yeah. So um, I I try to avoid the solicits because I'm a I'm a comic fan too. It's like I don't want to be spoiled. You know, I like when things are a surprise. But mm-hmm. on the other hand, it's like I kind of have the duty. Like duty, I just said duty. If um, <laughs> <laughs> like with Reverse Flash coming up, obviously that's going to be a big deal, and you know we we have to be prepared for it. You know, as a like a I don't know if you'd call it a news outlet or whatever. You know, and keeping abreast. I just said abreast of the situation. Duty and abreast. Yeah. So, I don't know. But I'm sorry, whoever wrote this, and that's before things get much, much worse. It's like, there you go, being a little vague, and it's almost like, oh, I didn't have time to read a whole issue, so I'm just going to throw that in there. And I'm not sure if that's true. Like, if you, if you read the book, I mean, like, the second bullet point is kind of like, leads to the climax of the issue. So, uh, maybe what's much, much worse is that the issue ends, and then you have to wait on whole three or four weeks for the next issue. Yeah. Now, how many pages is your book? I say I don't even count pages. It's a 20 page book, right? Yeah. That's standard DC. Yeah. Okay. Cause the solicit I'm looking on, on DC's website. So they it's like 32, right? Yeah. It's 32 pages. So like that's obviously counting the ads and, and, and all such. that. It's, mm-hmm. like, it's like trickery there. Well, that's, that's true of every comic. I mean, yeah. all, the, all the, all the peeps do that. Yeah. It's just weird. What I, I've noticed recently is, and it's it's kind of worries me a little bit. Is there's not a whole lot of ads actually in comics? They're all mostly house ads. Yes. In in Marvel and DC, I mean, it, it's like read this book that you know you're already reading or that came out last week, and so it's it's 
It's, it's, it's a little worrisome. Well, I, I, I guess you, you should probably talk to the uh, advertising department. Yeah. Maybe you can express your concerns and come up with some solution. Put another Comic Vine ad in DC Comics. See? you got deep pockets, don't you? <laughs> I don't have deep pockets. But the the funny thing about, about that that ad is I think that was only supposed to be in for a month. And mm-hmm. it ended up being like like two months, which I wasn't complaining. Maybe it's like you buy one month, you get one month free. I don't know. But see, I, I, I mean, I, I don't know how much I should be talking because I don't know the details of it. But it's like I, I think it was like some kind of like um, I we I don't think we necessarily paid for it. I think it was like a, a reciprocal thing, mm-hmm. like a I don't even know what you call that. Where you know reciprocity. I, I don't even know. You're you're the you, writer. You, you scratch my back, I scratch yours. I think it was something might have been something like that. Where you know, I don't know if, if we advertised some stuff, you know, DC stuff or something somewhere, and they did that too. And, yeah, I don't know. Because I, I, I don't even know how much a, an ad costs or like a full page. I mean, like, I, can't. I think it's one bazillion dollars. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. So, but but that, I mean, it was really cool to see a Comic Vine ad. Of in, course. In the DC Comics. Yeah, that's good stuff. And it was. It should, it should be a picture of you, though. It should have been like a your mug. Well, like I, mug I kind of was in there. And in the bottom corner, there's like like three screen, screen grabs. Uh-huh. And you could kind of see like my head, like from, from one of the videos. Okay. No, I think it should just be a full, like, you know, like my shirt with my face? Yeah. It should just be one of those. Yeah, just me? Mm-hmm. Or what, yeah. About, what about Sarah? I don't know. Well, I think you should do, like, split it down the middle and be half your face, half Sarah's face. Hmm. Or put your face on Sarah's body. Hmm. Or put your, put Sarah's face on your body. Hmm. No, you're not, you're not feeling it. Uh-huh. Not feeling, well, She's not even here, man. But we won't talk about that. She on vacation? Yeah. She's not back. You know what? I, she had some great plans for New Year's, and she had a heck of a lovely time, and, and now she's just sleeping it off. You're like, she, she better be back by, by now. Have some. I like talking about the future that hasn't happened yet. Yeah. I, feel, I feel so flash right now. It messes me up, though, when I re- record these. and It's like <laughs> sometimes I'll record one, and then I'll record the one before it or one after. and then, so I, I did mess up with the numbering on one, where, but... But our people don't, don't want to know about that. Hey, let's talk yeah. about the, the Flash 15. Okay. Sure. All right. So, um, so Gorilla Grodd, um, I'm trying to th- see, that's a weird thing because 14 feels like it came out so long ago. But So that must have been the end of November. Yeah, fourth week of November. And then, see, now it kind of looks like, like wow, Brian and Francis, they, they missed their deadline and their book didn't, they didn't have a book ship out in December. Yeah, I don't like the sound of that. I, I was very angry. On the 26th, when my book didn't come out. Because it was just two DC books, two Marvel books, and like one... Actually, no, I think DC... I think before Watchmen Night Owl might have might have come out, too. And then Marvel had Amazing Spider-Man and Avenging Spider-Man. I was livid. I was livid. You're like, you had your Christmas money, and then you're like, I want to spend it. And they're like, sorry. Yeah, I wanted to buy 100 copies of... The book and I couldn't. So you can it get wasn't, you it. It wasn't out yet, but it's out now. Yeah. On January second. Yeah. Yeah. Which is what we're what day it is. Yeah. Right now we're recording of, right now of this podcast. So Barry uses the speed mind. Yes. All right. Let's talk about speed mind. I, I, obviously, I don't want a lot of spoilers, and people may not want spoilers, but the issue is should be out. And um, DC's also been um releasing them digitally, like bright and early. Really? 
yeah, like on Comixology. It's, this, uh-huh. it's I don't know if they if they're they might be releasing like at midnight. I don't know if like midnight what time zone, but I know it's like bright and early. You can get them on Comixology, which is great. But if I was a comic store, I'd be like, hey, that kind of stinks. Maybe they're finding that there's no correlation between uh, the digital sales and this, it affecting the comic book store hard copy sales. Maybe. I mean, people are, are still traditionalists. You know, they're, they're adamant that they're not going to give up. The numbers are the numbers, you know. I mean, orders are orders. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I get, you know, the occasional comic on Comixology. And I like the convenience. Like, if I need to look up, you know, back – for me – because my filing system is so, so horrid, sometimes it's easier just to sure. go on Comixology than try to search for it. Through your long boxes. Yeah, because that, that's just crazy. Short boxes as well. Yeah. And the stacks you have on your desk that are piled very high. You saw that, yeah. But there, yeah. there is a system to that. Like, I can go back and I can find comics for March because that's when we, we moved into the CBS office. Right. And they're all stacked. And then if I need to go, okay, I need one... From from May, then I know I can kind of go approximately, you know, four four stacks because I, I I alternate them too, right? Uh, you know, so you you can kind of figure it out. It's just when when books are are pushed back a week, like the Flash number fifteen, that's going to mess up my system. Right. Actually, what I need to do is I need to clear off that desk. It's like okay, end of the year, let's start over, or at least, you know, maybe leave like the last. Four months get, out there. Get an intern to file them in long boxes. We were supposed to have an intern do that one time. This guy, Corey, who um, usually joins us on the other podcast. I already don't like him. He was he was a, our uh, intern at Whiskey Media. And so one of the things was like, you know, we need to alphabetize. Because, like, you saw all those long boxes on the floor. Those are all alphabetized for the most part. Okay. And, and he was supposed to alphabetize other ones. And then... He just never got around to it, like finishing, and then I, I found like like stack like on top of our shelves, and I was like, "What?" And he and his like his run was was done. Mm-hmm. So I was like, "Corey, son of a b." Yeah, yeah. So so that, that's that's not the speed mind. Back to the speed mind. Me speed mind. Yeah. So is this um he, he's going to use the speed mind to glimpse the future? Is this something new, or is this because this isn't what he he did in like the the early issues where he could kind of see all the possibilities and or maybe that is it is it's just this is just sort of like the uh the extreme hyper version of that um it's not literally seeing the future because um uh you know always in motion the future is always uh, in motion that's right yoda um (laughs) so so basically what he's doing is he's trying to calculate the outcomes based on uh circumstances and actions that he takes so he's trying that again when the last time he did it, he got shot in the head. He got grazed in the head. Yeah, but he's not – it's a different situation this time. Like, I, I don't want to spoil it, but yeah. uh, we show three different uh, speed mind threads, uh, almost like time streams where you get to see um, different oh, outcomes. Is this the one uh, that, that Francis is talking about, how he has like all laid out like the three – Crazy panels? Yeah. yeah. Is that 15? Yeah, so either people are going to really like it or they're really going to hate it. It sounds cool because I, I know he um, – I think he Instagrammed like the, the layouts you know, of, of when he was working on it so you can you – here's, here's another thing. It's like there's, there's several pages of this and the, time, the speed mind streams 
there's no dialogue in it. So you have to actually read the art. You know how, how we are big on the whole read the art. Yeah. Uh, you really, if you want to get the full experience, you can gloss over what these, what's happening in these uh, speed mind time streams. But if you look at the art, it tells a story. And I think it's pretty cool. So, so it, it could be a quick read for some. Yeah, I mean, there's going to be some people who are like, eh, nothing happened this issue, blah, 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 but, you know. <laughs> so, but it's also kind of like J. Joe 21 with um, Snake Eyes and Storm Shadow, if you know what I'm talking about. Uh, it's a big fight scene where they don't talk to each other. Is yeah. That, that is? yeah I, I recall that vaguely. Um, yeah, but, like, there's actually, you know, there's action in the panels. Like, you have to follow the panels, you know? Like, okay, he does this, and then he does that, and then Captain Fry goes, wow, and he's like, boom, and oh, it blows up, and then this happens, you know? So. No, I, I mean, I, I tell you, I mean, I always say that whenever I review your books. It's like, you you read it, but you also have to look at at just the way everything is laid out and you know because francis likes to do all these you know crazy layouts and different panels and oh they're not crazy well it's, it's compared to the regular tradition like oh six six panels per page you know it, it's it's a little it's 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 creative let's how about that right you know it's so 2013 yeah it's like cutting edge that's right so we're going to see the three different now. You know, the last time he used a speed mind, it you know that that was a bad issue for for another reason. Besides him getting shot in the head, that was yeah. also when a beloved character was lost. Yeah, he was, but he deserved it. He was such a son of a bee. But there is also you know the the word that he may be coming back. He may be when you, when you you put that challenge out last time. I know. I still have. I have to figure out how and i don't know if francis knows yet that i did this <laughs> but uh, I, I thought you said you were going to do it in the, the issues that he wasn't working on i, I need to have a conversation with him yeah Reg- regardless um i love saying irregardless i know mm-hmm. it's not a word like mm-hmm. don't correct me oh he's a writer saying regardless it's amusing to me sorry no. but, but well yeah we'll see tony g dr guerrero two great tastes that taste great together mm-hmm Someone suggested that he should be a uh, reverse flash, but I know you can't can't reveal if that's the case or not because spoilers. Yeah. Also, you know, maybe um, Doctor Guerrero could appear in in the Black Bat, your other book that's that's coming. Maybe, maybe I'll have him uh, as a cameo style. Yeah. Now that that, that okay, that's that's the other thing. When you you create, let's say, uh, you know, a new supporting character, does DC automatically like own the rights to that character? Oh. Yeah, I mean, generally, anything that's published in their books, they own. Like, when we create a character like Dr. Elias, there's, like, paperwork you fill out that you created it. And so that if someone uses it in, in another time, then you're supposed to get a royalty and such. But, yeah, they own it. Then did you have to do that with Dr. Guerrero? <laughs> <laughs> he was, uh, I guess with, with characters that aren't really recurring, you know what I mean? Like, he's just, like, a, a minor character. A minor I, character. Personally, um, there will be a, you know... In wave fifteen of New Fifty Two, there's going to be a Doctor Guerrero book, so don't worry. Okay. Yeah. And that'll be. Uh, when would wave fifteen be? Because we're I don't even know what wave we're, we have coming up. I don't know. I just made it uh, a, a high enough number where hopefully you'll forget about it by the time I, wave comes. You think I'm going to forget about it? You think no, the, the fans I, are going to forget? I don't think that anyone's going to forget. You, You're not. Gonna forget. You saw how fast on on Facebook you get the hundred people. Like, yeah. I'm, I'm a liar. I lied just now. I don't know. 
I just want to let you know that this book, um, some people may not know, but issue 15, those of you who've already bought it because you ran to the store on Wednesday uh, to get it, uh, Marcus Toe uh, drew half the issue. Oh, he's not listed on DC.com, DCComics.com. Well, I mean, this is one of those things that, it, you know, between the holidays and Thanksgiving and all this other kind of stuff, uh, it's one of those things that, uh, you know, we did and we loved Marcus. Mm-hmm. So uh, he agreed to chip in. And then um, Marcio Takara is jumping in also? Yes, he's, he's doing my two issue uh, 18 and 19. Okay. I delivered the issue uh, 18 script to him, and he is working on it as we speak. Right now, he's drawing pages. Cool. I don't know if it's true, but I'm going to pretend that it should be true. If he's not, if, you're, if he's listening to this, dude, where are the pages? I need him. So, yeah, I don't know who the artist is for the Black Bat, though. We haven't decided, uh, settled on an artist yet. Or maybe we have since it's January 2nd. Yeah. Could be live. Yeah, and, and hopefully an interview is has been live already. Yes, the interview that I did with uh, the um, iridescent Sarah Lima. Yeah. Um, so, okay, issue 16 now I'm looking at, which is January 30th. So yes. So double shipping. You guys are trying to be like Marvel now. No. <laughs> DC now. Uh, is it okay? The Flash takes Grodd into the Speed Force in a last ditch effort to defeat the Mad Gorilla, and he that's loses. A, that's a huge spoiler. <laughs> that's that. That's only the first bullet point. That's a huge spoiler. So if you hadn't read fifteen yet, and then you know, eh. oh, I, I guess Barry Allen's going to survive issue fifteen. Well, yeah, apparently. He's not going to get shot in the head this time. Yes, he didn't die in 14 either. Yeah. Everyone was worried that he was dead at the end of 14. And we also know that Gorilla Grodd's not going to get defeated in 15. Well, another another thing, it's like a, it's a, the it, the uh, Gorilla Warfare thing was, uh, you know, 13 through 17. So. <laughs> I was like, Gorilla Warfare? <laughs> that, made, that made me laugh. You knew that it was going to last. No, you should have said guerrilla warfare and with actual gorillas, and not the other gorillas. Well, you know what? I like your last name because it is kind of like gorilla, but like the other gorilla. Mm-hmm. Which, yeah. You know what I mean? I do know what you mean. All right, second bullet point. Plus, the rogues, the introduction of a major villain, and a look at the one and only date between Barry Allen and Iris West in a new 52. That's true. Another spoiler. Yep. Jeez. Well, one knows who the new villain is because they already that's that's for sixteen or seventeen. That's for sixteen. A new villain in sixteen? Hmm. Yes, it says the rogues, the introduction of a major villain, and a look at the one and only date. That's bullet point two. I'll let in bullet point two. I'm not gonna think about issue sixteen. Who's the? Hmm. Are you writing this book? I am. I don't recall. <laughs> I think wh- whoever's writing the the solicits. <laughs> It's like dictating what's happening in your book. Here's the thing is that like, you know, like I'm working on like 16 and 17 and 18 and 19 and we had to turn in like stuff for 20 to 21. So it all runs together. So I don't remember what happens when half the time until I actually open up, you know, the books, uh, the, uh, the documents and do my research. Yeah. It's a lot to keep. I mean, yeah. I know the whole story. I just don't know what's in what. Yeah, I, I, I totally get it. I'm, you know, I'm giving a hard time. There is also a solicit for number 18. 
Oh, yeah. March 27th, 2013. What? So, it's more spoilers. The trickster is accused of murder. Oh, well, there goes that. Can the Flash help solve his case? What the hell? And here's here's the other spoiler. You see Trickster on the cover, and um, Francis actually, he, he posted when he was drawing this, this cover. It's like, hmm, Trickster lost his arm from Gorilla Grodd. He's got a new arm. Spoiler. It's on, on the cover. Yes, that is true. Well, now you know what the main thrust of my two-issue arc is. Yeah, and that's that's only the first bullet point. The yeah. s- second bullet point for issue 18 plus... A surprising twist ending that will rock the world of, you know? Yeah, Dial H, right? Dial H? Yeah. I like Dial H. Dude, I, I read the first six issues. It was interesting. Yeah, uh, it's, it's quirky. It's weird. It's definitely quirky. Although uh, I, I think I might be, I might have missed the last issue. That's one that I, I get on, on Comixology. Uh, oh, it is? Just, just yeah, just, uh, I no particular reason. It's just one that I just, you know, just to try to, to mix it up and... I, you know, I hate to say it, but it's not like it's a. It's not like I, the Flash. You know, the Flash. I, w- I want to get every week, and with the Comicsology, I don't always get them. Like, even though it, I have the convenience, I don't always get them right the day they're released. Right. So it's usually like maybe a couple of days, or I'm. T- it's like, oh, I'm. I'm about to. You know, I need something to read on the ferry. It's like, okay, Comicsology. So right. I, I kind of save Dial H. I sometimes pick up issues, but I, I usually read that on 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 the, my iPad. Uh, you know what? I think th- I think that there's a place for uh, digital and the hard copies. You know what I mean? I don't think you should anyone should be in one camp or the other. Yeah. Personally, but yeah. I mean, sometimes they. I mean, they they look really good on on the iPad, iPad three at least. Yeah. It's like it's like oh my goodness. And, and like what um Dustin Nguyen, you know that guy. I do. Um, what what he he talked about with uh his little Gotham's that uh you can. He, what he doesn't like about that is that you can see if there's any like mistakes or anything, because it, it's just like you know so so high res and all that. Because because I, I think he said that like he, in, in one of the issues like the it might have been the Halloween one that like his his scanner had a smudge or something like that, so you can kind of like see something. It's like I didn't notice it when I read it, but you know he's he's being all critical of it. That makes sense. So that's the other thing with with, with comics algae when people can like zoom in and and see. That's true. It's like like Brian didn't color in the lines. Yeah, especially yeah. So if if you want to zoom in and and be that nitpicky, I'm sorry that sometimes like I don't stay in the lines. I apologize. What what I think is interesting with that is that someone has to determine that like with the, the guided viewing. So they need to figure out okay, we're gonna zoom in on this, and then pull back a tiny bit, and then go to the next panel and then go to the whole page so it's 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 always i i wonder like like who, who you know I, I i don't know if they if that's what they do at the burbank office and because you know someone has to program it in you know how how it's gonna go yeah i don't know i don't even know i don't know how that works because uh i we we went to the the burbank office um last may um, and um they have like this little like digital it's kind of like a not not really a pit, but just you kind of walk in this little circle almost, and that's where I guess you know a lot of the digital stuff happens. You know. Yeah, I don't remember. I don't really remember uh, that area in the Burbank office. Maybe I didn't go there. I did go to the room where they had all the video games. Oh yeah, and, it was uh, just like a big screen and like a couch, and yeah, and I got they got they gave me some for my son. Right, that's cool. 
Nice. I need to go back there so I can get more stuff. Swag. Yeah. Adam Schlagman, if you're listening, let's do lunch. Yeah, I'll I'll come down to you. Yeah, for sure. For shiz. Um, Okay, so I just flipped through the layouts for 16, and there is no other villain introduced in 16. I think they messed up, and they were thinking about the 17 reverse flash uh, thing. Maybe. Because the 17... Oh, wait, I didn't read 17, did I? I skipped that one. I think you did. Yeah, 17, February 27th. The finale of Guerrilla Warfare. See, I, 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 see, I didn't realize that that was actually the title. Is that the title of the whole arc? Guerrilla Warfare. I thought you just like made that up now on the spot. That's why I was laughing. No. Oh. I, I figured you were easily amused. No, I thought that was funny. Maybe would Francis come up with that? Uh, we, we made a list of <laughs> names. I don't remember who came up with it, and that was the least offensive. Okay, so it's the finale as Barry's battle with Grodd comes to its bone-crunching conclusion. There's a spoiler right there. Someone's bone's going to get crunched. Conclusion. That's another spoiler. Yeah, so it's Grodd's going to get defeated. And the second, don't miss the introduction of one of the Flash's greatest foes. Yeah, I don't know why they, they included that in 16. Well, maybe they, they messed up. They weren't sure. Now, okay, here's a question. When you write... Like like that that sentence. Don't miss the introduction of one of the Flash's greatest foes. Do you capitalize the in Flash? Hmm. Because he is the Flash. Well, if if I capitalize Flash, I would capitalize the as well. Because see, I, I go back and forth. Like you know, the same thing with like Joker. When you write, you know, do you call him Joker? Or do you call him the Joker? But I call him Flash. I don't call him the Flash that much. But he is the Flash. But then you don't always say, "Hey, the Flash, let's go out for a pizza." Yeah, I just, it seems like it's easier just to say Flash. Um, I know that when I write Flash uh, in the in the body of the document, I, I don't call him the Flash. I just say Flash does this, Flash does that. But see, you could say the Flash does this, the Flash yeah. does that. Yeah. So, and obviously we're the experts. Yeah. <laughs> there are so many people out there who have such an extensive knowledge of comics and um, would put mine to shame. So when I say that, I make fun of myself because experts, I mean, I, we, I do what I can, but there's so many fans out there who know way more than me. Yeah, well, I mean, you, you, you got things to do. You're actually creating the this, this stuff while they can sit around and read. It's like, like even, it's like, I don't have time to, to read as much as, as I used to, obviously. Right. And, right. and, and that's, it's my job. And my, my job is to read and write about comics and I can barely get through the monthly, you know, or the weekly comics. Right. Because, you know, I, I got to write and I got to shoot videos. I got to edit videos. I got to edit podcasts and record podcasts. And You're a busy man. And try to find time spent with my family. Let's see. There's that too. Yeah. And it's like the funny thing is, you know, I, I started the second podcast because when I did the videos, it's like, you know, the, the videos were, were getting to be like, like 45 minutes long, but it, there would probably be like maybe 50, 55 minutes of footage, like in between, you know, questions. I'd, you know, look down at the screen or whatever and figure out, you know, who asked it. But it's like editing that took a while and then just the, the, the exporting the video. And all. so I was like, it's going to be easier if, if I just do it as a podcast. But right. then that also means sitting, you know, two hours in the podcast studio and trying to schedule the studio time and all that. Right. And trying to get you guys on the line i'm i'm reachable you, you are know? you're extremely reachable 
You're, you're on my contact list, sir. Thank you. And not as Comic Vine as Dr. Guerrero. <laughs> the guy you killed. The, the funny thing is, uh, actually, no, I'm, I'm not going to talk about that. It's like some some DC politics stuff that that I, I've been kind of dealing with, so I won't I won't get oh. into that. Um. Yeah, I, I, I can't. Uh, I wouldn't be able to have any help to offer any opinions anyway. Yeah, I'm just you know I'm a cog in the machine, pal. So let's see. You, you I shouldn't be asking you, <laughs> but. Is January the new wave? Is there a new wave? Because that's when um, I think Justice League is coming out. You know I don't. You have more information than I do. I, I'm like so inside my head working on, oh, i got to write this. I'm writing that. I'm writing this screenplay. I'm working on that. i got to color this. I want to I wanna write this pilot. You know, like I have all this stuff in my head and life happens. And, and you got to find time to do your stocking too. And people tell me about it later. Yeah. Like you. Like you telling me. That my book is about. Yeah, and when you went to, the, he had to. You had to go to the comic store and, and realize that it wasn't out. Crying shame. It was so embarrassing. I was like, "Where's my book, Effers? Where's my damn book? Why isn't it stocked? Why isn't it on the shelf?" I like, you know, one of those spinner racks. I knocked that to the ground, and I was mad. I was hopping mad, and and then um, I called you, and then you told me. Yeah, you know the best thing to do, like if you're ever like in a in someone's office. And you know you you want to storm out. Uh-huh. What you should do is don't close the door behind you. You leave the door open because then the person has to get up, walk across the room, and shut the door themselves. What if they never? What if they always keep it open? Chances are they're going to want it closed. I mean, you, I guess it's it's kind of a judgment call if if it was closed to begin with. You want to storm out. You grab the door and you yank it to pull like you're going to slam it. But then right when it gets to the point where it could slam, you just gently close it to be respectful of the door. You could. Or you could go to try to slam it, you know, to, to make more of a production. And it's like, it's like on one of those hydraulic things. Right. And it just goes and it doesn't like. That's true. And then you just look silly. Or you can say, you know what, I'm going to leave your door ajar and you don't close it all the way. You know when a door is not a door? When it's ajar. Yeah. I like that one. I know. I have a joke for LA Lakers fans. Okay. Why did Lamar uh, give Kobe $100? Why? Because he owed him. Get it? No? Mm-hmm. You have to know who Lamar Hey, People knew who Lamar would have missed. He had a whole TV show with the Kardashian. Yeah. I didn't watch it, though. You watch a lot of TV, I know. You, you're, you, you, you watched The Voice, didn't you? I saw you say something about someone under it. The only reality show that I watch. Because you, you also, because I know you, you watch American Idol. No, well, you know, I'll, I'll keep track. Like last year, the, that that little girl who had the amazing voice intrigued me. Uh, yeah. so I wanted to hear her performances. I thought she was good. Yeah, she was just it was like screaming all the time. Ah, you know, we had this conversation. Yeah, we you did. Were, you were a hater because she's like, ah. it's like okay, you want to be like Whitney Houston or Mariah Carey? Two pounds. Like she generated that much uh, singingness because I'm using technical terms uh, singingness uh, from that little body. That's yeah. incredible. That's right. Incredible. Where's she at I, now? I think she she actually I heard she's going to be on Glee. I think she actually weighs less than Sarah. I think she's like the only adult who weighs less than Sarah. Well, she's probably like is she the, like maybe sixteen, seventeen now? 
she's a teenager. Yeah, so she's she's still still young. Yes, to get bloated like me. Yeah, and you, once once the metabolism stops, you oof, know, oof, and like, then you have deadlines, and you can't go to the gym like you used to, and you don't, you know, you have Achilles tendonitis, and you can't run like you used to, and you end up looking like Fred Sanford. Fred Sanford. Is that too old a reference? Uh, the funny thing is, a couple weeks ago, uh, it came up on, on on the podcast, and and Sarah didn't know what Sanford and Son was, and then so I, 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 I me and Corey, the guy that, that didn't file the books, tried doing the theme song, and then I actually played it for her, and she's like, I don't know what you're talking about, right? So it was disappointing because then in some of the comments, one one person complained that you know spending all this time talking about, you know, some show that, you know, she doesn't know. Um, right. But, but it's, it's important. I mean, it's, it's important piece of history. Get that as your ringtone. You know, the other theme song I really like is chips. Oh, that is a good one. Yeah. Do, 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 do. I, I remember when I was a kid and I went to I visited we we visited California we went to like you know Santa Monica and you know Universal Studios and all that stuff I was like there's chips you know when we're going down the highway it's like whoa they're, they're real oh yeah yeah and now it's like eh you see them all the time were you a Ponch man or a John man uh probably Ponch I mean John was I mean, John was very subtle you know he 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 liked to sit back in the shadows. And, and what's his name? Did the uh, uh, Ponch did the the karate episode, which is really good. I don't remember that. I I just remember at the end of every episode, they all smiled. I was like ah, and then it would freeze, and then they'd go to someone else and they'd laugh and smile and the classic freeze frame. It's like every always ended like that. They don't do that anymore. Maybe no, that's, that's a good thing. You know, what also was good back in the day is when the stars would uh, sing their own. Um, Show uh, uh, theme songs, yeah, their theme songs like Lee Majors and the Fall Guy. That, that's like the most obscure one, but yeah, absolutely. Like <laughs> Linda Lavin in Alice or Nell Carter in Give Me a Break. Oh, yeah. What, what the Fall Guy had, um, what's her name? Heather Locklear, no, Heather, Heather Thomas, Heather Thomas. There's a Heather, a Heather, yeah. But I mean, the fact that Lee Majors sang his own one was kind of crazy. Um, another one, 21 Jump Street, Holly Robinson sang that song, that's right. Holly Robinson is she still married to? I think she's still Pete. Yeah, I don't know. No, was she? Did you see the Twenty One Jump Street movie? We're so off topics of comics, but that that's okay because seen it. I heard it's okay. You haven't seen it? No. Oh my! You should see it, man. It's it's good stuff. Uh, my son Paris wants to see it, and so I'll probably end up getting it uh, so you can see it. Uh, is Booker in it? Because if there's no Booker, I don't know if I want to see it. Um, well, I can't spoil things, but most of the there's there's a lot of cameos in there. Let's just say that. Because, I mean, you know, if you take yourself back to the early 90s, I bet you there was a moment when Richard Grieco thought that his star was going to eclipse Johnny Depp. Well, he had that movie, If Looks Could Kill. I know, well, but Richard Grieco probably was like, dude, I got my own spinoff. I'm Richard Grieco. I'm Booker. I am it. And Johnny Depp, you go ahead and leave. Go ahead and leave. Go ahead. Bye. <laughs> and now I think Johnny Depp probably has had more longevity. Than, than all of them. He's, I think he's like the number one box office guy. Yeah. And now he's Tonto. Yeah. No. It's, it's, it's weird. The only guy is that the other Dustin Nguyen? Not not the the one that we know. Jump Street Dustin Nguyen. Yeah, yeah I, I think he's like like 
doing stuff like in in like foreign movies or shows or it's like because I, I i i will tell you he was not in 21 jump street because i, I don't know if he's like in vietnam or doing some other tv or something and he's got like some other career or something Peter DeLuise, was he in it? I, I, I can't spoil it, man. It's, it's crazy that you haven't seen it by now. I will? I'm crazy. Yeah, so you should see it. It's, it's, it's good stuff. Especially if you like that, that Channing Tatum guy. Now, you know, I, sometimes I call him uh, Channing Tatum accidentally. You know how you remember or how I remember it? It's, it's, oh. it's alphabetical order. C oh. comes before T. That's true. That, that's, the, that's the only way because I could never remember. But I think Channing Tatum is, is as legitimate a name as Channing Tatum. I feel like they're they're interchangeable. Tatum, Tatum, Channing. Yeah. No. No. You take the first letter, the the ch and the t, so it's Tanning Tatum. Well, I, I worked with a guy whose last name was Tatum at Whiskey Media before, and and pretty much everyone just called him Tatum. Right. But there is Tatum's a name, isn't there? Like Tatum O'Neill or something like that. Am I? Am I? But I think it's also like you know, it's like a southern kind of last name, right? The Tatum boys. It's like yeah. the, you know the outlaws. Yeah. I saw Django. You saw what? Django. Oh, how was that? I haven't seen it. Uh, it was really good. Yeah. I really, really like. I'm a you know a huge Tarantino fan, and uh, he came correct. Uh, I'm not going to spoil it. I, I do think that uh, it's his best film since Pulp Fiction. Hmm. I'm 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 like on the fence with him. Well, get off the fence and get on his side. Okay. All right. Well, I will try that. Yeah. Can Can we have a a a, a Take a, a minute break. Sure. All right. We'll be back. Yeah. All right. I think it's time to answer some questions. Are you ready for this? Can you stick around for this? I'll stick around. I'm not ready for it, but I'm willing to try. Okay. I'm not really ready. Um, I try to read them ahead of time sometimes, but yeah, it's, it's not going to happen today. So this one... Um, I apologize. This is from Scuzz 2.0. This was asked before, but somehow with all the crazy, um, the way I, I do these podcasts, I somehow skipped this question. So he says, first question, with DC having success with lesser known characters like Animal Man and Swamp Thing, what obscure character should Marvel have given a shot with in Marvel now? Hmm. Obscure character. I mean, I, I guess it depends on what's an obscure... Like, is Moon Knight an obscure character, even though well, he's had I mean, so many series? He's been done quite a few times. I mean, is, is our Power Man Iron Fist considered obscure? Mm-hmm. I mean, they're, they're big parts of the, the Avengers. They're both in um, the Spider-Man cartoon. Right. So I don't, I don't know if they're considered obscure anymore. I mean, I guess to the general public, people might not like, know who, who that is. Right. Um. But see, I, I want Darkhawk to come back, and he's he's in that Avengers arena, so, uh-huh. so who knows if he's going to survive? But um, and there's also I don't, I don't know if you ever read Sleepwalker. No, I don't know that one. It was a, another one from I think it was the '90s. It was around the same time as as Darkhawk. I think okay. Brett Brett Blevins. I think he did the art. I don't even know where he's at now. Good artist, man. Good uh, artist. And it was basically this dude when he fell asleep. This this. It's kind of like this alien would come out, and you know, so it's like the, in order for him to come out, the the, the guy needed to sleep, and it's just well, weird thing, yeah. Yeah. Um. What about, What about that? Uh, there's a character. I think his name's Wolverine. Maybe he I should... don't. He's obscure. I think that he's in a lot of stuff. Yeah, maybe. I guess he's he's got two Marvel Now books coming out. 
I thought that he uh, he leads uh, all the X Men teams and all the Avenger teams. No, no, not all, no. Um, nope. Actually, with with um, Sam Humphrey's Uncanny X Force, he's he's not part of that anymore. He's done. Yeah. Yes, he's taking a little break, but he's going to Savage Land too. So it's like, how the heck is he going to be in Savage Land? Well, give, give Kazar a book. Yeah. Well, well um, Savage Wolverine is going to have Wolverine and um, Shana, the She Devil. Okay. So I wonder if they're going to hook up. I don't know. Is she is she and Kazar married? I think maybe they got married. Are they? I don't. Know. Could be. Well, if they're married, I think that makes for interesting drama if they are, and he hooks up with her. Yeah, it's, it's not not right. No, they'd be throwing down at some point, wouldn't they? Yeah. Um, but yeah, Kazar had a, a comic in the, I think it was in the nineties, where he was in like New York City, so it's kind of weird. Didn't didn't uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger do Hercules in New York? That's what that reminds me of. Oh yeah. All right. Well, let's see the next question. Have you heard about the Liberators series pitched by Marjorie Liu and Mike Perkins? If so, what do you think of it, and why do you think it was rejected by Marvel? Um, I haven't heard about this, and I, I don't think – I don't know if there, how much of a demand there, there would have been for the Liberators. So I, I think it came down to that is like, would it sell? Yeah, I don't know. So, I never – I like Marjorie Liu. Have you ever met her? I No, I've never met her, she, but she sounds like a lovely person. She's super nice. She's so cool. And she, yeah. she got astonishing. I mean, she did. She did an awesome job on X twenty three. Hey, what about the master of kung fu, Shang Tsung? Is that his name? Shang Chi. Shang Chi. Shang Chi. He just appeared in um, Avengers number two a couple weeks ago. Um, he, oh, he actually he he spots he taught Spider Man kung fu, so he's no spider fu. Dan Slott did that. Why doesn't he get his own book though? Um, he had a he actually had a one shot. Um. I think it was a Spider Island. Maybe was it Spider Island? He had a one shot. But yeah, he. that's the thing. I mean, I, I guess Kung Fu is not as big as it was in the 70s when you know they had, the characters Obviously, like him came out. Yeah, I mean, because basically he's Bruce Lee, right? So, Sort of, yeah. The yeah. title of Bruce Lee Estate. Um, well, I don't know anybody at the Bruce Lee Estate. Yeah. Let's see. When Jeff Lowe wrote Hulk, it was a terrible book, yet it was always a top seller. Jeff Parker made the book awesome, yet for some reason... Under him, it lost so many readers, it had to be rebranded. Can you explain this? Why doesn't quality equal sales? I don't know if I agree with that. So, Well, first of all, let's just say that's subjective. Yes, I mean, exactly. He's, he's applying an absolute value to something uh, that is considered art and uh, henceforth uh, cannot be objectively determined as sucky or good. You know? mm-hmm. See, because I, I actually I enjoyed the Red Hulk when we had no idea who it was. Because it was like, who's this guy? And and then it was once we found out, it was an interesting twist and everything. But after that, I was just kind of like, okay, you know, now now it's it's Thunderbolt Ross and um and with with the Jeff Parker ones, I I, I liked it because um I, I think it was I think Gabriel Hardman was doing the art, so it was, it was pretty cool. He's a good artist. And um and some you know the story started out okay, and then you know this General Fortran dude started you know it was like. Wanting to hunt the Red Hulk because he thought that Red Hulk killed his his friend, and it, it just kind of lost me. Then there's this big like Mayan battle story, which I, I didn't even read that, so I don't know. But um, Red She Hulk is 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 doing good too, so that's it's, it's interesting. Um, as far as why doesn't quality okay. equal sales? I mean, I, in in no in no field of art, like you know, commercial art, whether it's music, movies, uh, books, uh, you know. It's not always quality that is a determining factor of success. Yeah, because, I mean, you can take 
Oh, like some, a, lot, a lot of the image books. There's some really good stuff. You know, there's some a lot of obscure indie books, but if people don't know it, they're not going to buy it. Right. And and you know, word of mouth is one thing, but if they don't hear the word of mouth, it, you know, it's, it's not going to make a difference. Right. If you can't get the fannies in the seats. Yeah. Um, and the last one: How much is piracy hurting the comics industry? I don't know. I, I don't know if it is. I mean, I think the, that the people who are pirating probably are not collectors anyway. I see. I don't. I mean, there's that. That's one of the arguments. Is you know, some people say that people pirating all these comics. That if they weren't doing that, they wouldn't buy the books anyways. And there may be some some truth to that. Like if they're pirating. 40 books a week or, you know, whatever comes out, you know, realistically, they, they probably wouldn't buy 40 books. They would maybe buy 10 books or five books, but yeah. there's, there's still the other thing. If, if people get used to that, then, you know, it, it, it it's, it's less sales. Cause it's, right. I, don't, I don't know if numbers ever came out, but if, if, and if there's ways to track it, but it's, it's insane how quickly things get, get, get put up. And, you know, that, that happened with them. Like Amazing Spider-Man seven hundred. This is like, it was like, it was like a, a, at least the, the last couple pages, like or the two last pages of, of the story, I guess, came out. I didn't. I chose not to look at spoilers because oh, I. Yeah. You don't do. You don't play that game. I don't. I don't want to do that. And um, but it was like a couple of weeks before the issue came out. The the there were scans of the image and people just. I don't know. And, and you know, maybe that that's not the same exact thing because it wasn't the entire issue that was pirated. It was, you know, someone uploaded the last page or whatever. But it happens. I mean, I've seen I've seen um, these channels uh, on foreign websites where you can uh, watch any movie that uh, that is currently being played. I mean, not any movie, but lots of movies. So yeah. or even on the streets of New York, you can yeah. see, you know, movies are in theaters. You can buy them on DVD, you know, some bootleg or. I, I don't know. I, I don't approve of it, obviously. You know, um we we've made it pretty clear on, on Comic Vine. It's like you do not post any links to any any, you know, places where you can get stuff. There used to be this this one website that had pretty much like they had this insane amount, like pretty almost every every comic and like all this like super old stuff. And the guy claimed it was like for like library purposes, you know, it was, it was, it was supposed to be like an online library where you can read all these old comics. He, they ended up getting shut down. Like, like supposedly the feds raided his house or whatever and took really? his hard drive and all this stuff. But I mean, it, it was crazy how, and, and I don't know how he got it. Um, I think it was, um, you, you know, Ray or Anthony Height, right? I do not. You do not don't know him. He's cause he's always at Long Beach. That, that's where I, I met him. And I know you go there sometimes. I can't remember if it was him or a friend. I mean, actually, I think it was a friend of his. It was a couple years ago. Um, I was at Ray's table, and this guy said, "I don't know if this is true, but he said that there's this scanner, and I, I I don't see how this would work, where you can take a book and just like flip through the pages, like under the scanner, and it'll scan each page. Hmm. That just seems not possible." Yeah, I don't know. I don't know about that. I mean, you know, I mean, I guess I can't say for sure that it doesn't exist, but it seems a little bit implausible. Yeah. So anyways, I, I guess this guy had, you know, he got a lot of the, like, the old like DC showcase books or whatever and, you know, scanned all, upload all these images. And so on, on one hand, if stuff's not available, you know, you, you don't want it to, to, to go away. But when you can pirate, you know, get Oh, a new book that comes out that day. That just 
That doesn't yeah, seem right. That's directly uh, that hurts sales for sure. Because you know, I need the comic industry to to thrive and survive. Otherwise, you and me both, brother. Well, you know, there wouldn't be a point of having my websites. Like, oh, well, let's talk about these old comics, and you know, that can only go for so long. And sure. and obviously, you you know, you put your your blood, sweat, and tears into your work. You don't want people getting it for free. I do not. I do not. You know, I mean. People should buy comics. That's just all there is to it, you know. You love it. You got to support it, and yeah, and you know, a book like X twenty three, just you know, people love that book, but you know, I guess the sales weren't there. So if 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 this, and and same thing, you know, DC's doing that. They they have no problem canceling books, you know, for the next wave. So if if a book's not performing, it, it's it's gone. So. Yeah, it's tough. It's a tough reality, but that's just the way it is, man. Yeah. All right, um, Curse Base T. So you may have remembered that name. He, he asked a lot of questions. Yes, I remember. Um, how many Legionnaires' powers are the natural powers of their races as opposed to some magic stuff like Ultra Boy who got swallowed by a space whale and the lightning sibling magic lightning strike? Do you know much about the Legionnaires? I don't know Legionnaires anything about them. I, I, they're too confusing to me. Exactly. That's my point. I mean, I, I'm, I've read – a lot of like some of the the old stuff, like reprints of like stuff from the the, the sixties and that, you know, especially like Superboy and Supergirl, some some crazy stuff. My problem is there's different. There, there's, I mean, I think that was like one of the, the Crisis on Three Worlds or whatever that Jeff Johns did. There's there's like three different timelines with the Legionnaires, and you know, you got the the young ones and the older ones, and and there's so many. It's like like you know, what you should you should do is you should have Francis on. I think he knows quite a bit about the Legionnaires. And ask him. Maybe. Maybe next. I'll get him on sometime. He'll do it. Yeah. Um, okay. Do you, uh, this is an easy one. Do you think Lois Lane will die in the New 52 during Hell on Earth or Trinity War? Absolutely not. Yeah. I agree. <laughs> I mean, James Robinson Witchy. I mean, killed her. If she was going to die, they would they would have made a big event out of it, don't you think? Like, it would have been like the death of Lois Lane or some, you know. Yeah. Already, I mean, Batman's already has a, a you know... Death of the family, right? But that's um, metaphorical. You know, it's not. I don't think there's actually. It's not like people are actually dying. It's supposed to be like the concept of the family. Maybe. Well, well, I see. would think if they were going to kill somebody, that they would. That they would. Uh, you know, they would spoil it since they spoil everything that happens in Flash. <laughs> um, oh, someone. Um, a couple weeks ago on, on our right, our actually a couple weeks. Yeah, our, the last weekly podcast we did that Sarah and I did. Someone said, and and obviously you can't comment on this, but they're like, "What if or why can't the Reverse Flash be a girl? Why can't it be like like Iris West?" There's, I mean, there's no such thing as why can't it. I mean, you know, we make creative choices, and that's it. You know, like, yeah. and um, someone also said about Wally because you know everyone's like, "Where's Wally? Where's Wally?" And so right. someone someone's like. Because I actually I, I I did a video on this a, a couple of weeks ago. Like some what what I said as far as Wally is, it's possible you know if if and when whenever the day finally comes, and I know you have nothing to do about this, and I know you've tried, um, but it's like when he comes back, he could be younger. He doesn't have to be the same age as Dick Grayson. You know, it would piss people off if he, if all of a sudden he you know here's a 12 year old wally west and and dick grayson's 21 well i mean obviously to be to be honest with you uh 
people are not going to be happy. You know, there's going to be those who love it and just want to see him back, and there's going to be those that are upset by it. I mean, it is what it is, you know. I mean, yeah. so, and yeah. anything's possible. So, like, he can come back, and he could be a long-lost, you know, relative with the last name West, and he could be Dick's age, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. The thing is, like, if you look at the universe now, if you're saying Dick is 21, well, how, how old is Barry in our universe? Yeah. You remember? No, I don't know. He's, he's, I know he's been, a lot, everyone's pretty much been de-aged a little. 27, 27, 28. Okay. So, I mean, like, there's not that much age difference. Mm-hmm. But I, so I would say, you know, if, if Wally did come back younger, it's like a younger Wally would be better than no Wally. Right. And, and if the new 52 is here to stay, which, you know, I believe it is, it could be five years, 10 years when Wally's introduced. Which would yeah. suck, I mean, but you still can't get around. You still can't get around. Uh, you know, uh, there's, there's. I think the the idea of making of, of intro, once you introduce Wally, you you sort of start the clock on Barry. It seems like, mm-hmm. and that's. I think that's a problem. Yeah, I I, I just I don't waiting, right. Yeah, I don't think. I think instead of Bart being in Teen Titans, it should have been a younger Wally. I completely agree. Like that, if, if I had anything to to say about it, and I absolutely do not, uh, that's what I would have done. Yeah, I mean, it, it would mess up the continuity, but the continuity is already messed up. I mean, Teen Titans, as we know it, didn't happen, so it would be something. Yeah, I just. Um, someone also suggested um, that that maybe um, Wally would be um, Dan, Daniel West's kid, like that. You maybe comes from, you know broken home or something like that, and you never know, and then. Then he'll come to live with Iris, and then and he's interested in forensics. And I, I, I'm sorry, I forget who who said all this on, on the other podcast. But and then they said you know he could be interested in forensics, and he interns with with Wally, and then there you go. But also in um, Aquaman fourteen, there is a mention of of Garth Aqualad. I, we, we assume it's Aqualad, but it, it sounded like he was an infant because they're like, oh, return him to his mother or something like that. So if if Garth is younger, you know who's to say that anyone else can't be young, young, young-eyed, younger. I just don't know if you know. I don't know if their their plans are to, you know, sort of make everyone the same in terms of age, and you know, I mean, like obviously DC's not doing it like they did it before. So anything really, goes. It could go anyway. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Yeah. Um. And and I, I also I, I don't see DC just throwing out a character, saying okay Wally West people love him eh we're we're, we're not going to use him we're throwing him in the garbage because every character is is a potential moneymaker so you know I some and I think Dan said you know at at some day sometime when the story's right or whatever you know something will happen you know when the time is right I think I think you know they have been very honest with the fact that they weren't going to roll out everybody at once mm-hmm. I mean that's why they had a limited number of books and. You know, I mean, um, maybe some of this stuff is happening on the fly a little bit, you know, like like maybe not everything is planned all the way down the road. But uh, it sounds like, you know, they they know that they're going to introduce people and that people are going to come, you know, going to come back sooner or later. So, yeah. All right. The next question. Um, how well would Superman fare against Vulcan? So Vulcan, I'm assuming, is uh, the, the third Summers brother. So Cyclops and and. Alex's younger brother, who's like crazy powerful. Um, I, I think Superman would would probably win. I just I can't really bet against Supes. 
Yeah, and I, I don't even, I can't remember, I think Vulcan ended up dying in that King of Thrones, but then Black Bolt died, but he's back, so I don't know. Um, oh, okay, next question. Speaking of Vulcan, do you think he's around and back like Black Bolt? I, if if he was back, I think we would see him somewhere. So I, maybe he's like in some... Wait, is Black Bolt the, the Inhumans guy? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So he he's back somewhere. I don't know what he's doing because Medusa's going to be in... She's in FF now. So Black Bolt's just chilling out, I guess. Um, but if, I, I would say Vulcan's probably trapped somewhere in some coma, some stasis, some alternate dimension stuck between, you know, who knows. He's comic book limbo. Um, right. Should there be an X-Book featuring lesser mutants like Magma or Pixie, like DC Universe Presents or Brave and the Bold? I don't Do know. You really think the world needs more mutant books? I don't think it would work because um, they, they, um, they, did, they did an X-Men book. I forgot what it was called. And then they had like, like two or three stories in there. I don't think it did that well. And if it's lesser known, you know, people aren't, aren't necessarily going to buy it, even if it's got X-Men on there, because they're going to look at it. And I, I think for comic stories, it, it might be harder to order a book like that. You know, like, I don't know how they do with, with DC, you know, Universe Presents or whatever, because d- depending on who's in a story arc, that's going to determine the sales. Like, I, I'm sure there's some people who aren't buying every single issue regardless. Right. So... Yeah, I mean, I think anthologies are always a tough sell to begin with, so. Except for the Foster Anthology. Well, you know, not like it sold a bunch. Yeah. I don't remember if you signed that that copy. I don't know. You have to check. Yeah. Um, uh, why hasn't Third Army attacked Earth, the planet it was created on? Um, well, we saw in Green Lantern 15 that they, they were going after Simon Baz, so, and they were on Earth. So I have to say that that's a that story arc's kind of going too long. It's it's like it's supposed to be happening in all the titles, but it's like such a minor. It's like an, on a back burner. But um, yeah, well, I honestly I'm a little uh, behind. I'm a lot behind in like all the comics. So yeah, I imagine. You know, I, I, well, I'm not Flash. I'm caught up in Flash. Yeah, you got to make sure you're caught up on on Justice. <laughs> do, you, do you ever talk to to, to Jeff about um, Justice League? Like. You know continuity, or is that? I, I don't know if you should answer that. Really? Maybe, maybe you shouldn't answer that. I don't know. I mean, I mean and not not for any bad reason. It's just uh, you know we we have our little own thing that we're doing, and but like like what if you wanted Barry to grow a mustache? You know, that's got to make sure that's happening in Justice League also. Yeah, I guess I would probably have to uh, to ask anyway. I mean, I think wouldn't, wouldn't we? Wouldn't I assume that we'd have to sort of. Kick that up the chain. Say, hey, yeah. can we can we give uh, can we give Barry a stash? And they'd probably be like, nope. But I mean, because the big big question is Wonder Woman and Justice League and and her own book. It's the the question I keep asking, and you know, other people have asked is it it seems like the Wonder Woman the Azarella book is taking place before the current Justice League books because it just it feels so separate and. I know as readers, we should just enjoy each story for what they are, but because we're comic book readers, you know, we, we get hung up on continuity. So it's, it's just weird that in justice league, we're seeing stuff about, um, you know, like her time with Steve Trevor and, you know, all that. And there's like nothing, none of that. in in wonder woman, so right. I, I, right. I, I love what, what Jeff's doing on, in with wonder woman on Justice league. Like the whole Wonder Woman Superman relationship, I I'm in favor of it. I think he's he's doing a good job developing both of them. Like 
these right. powerful characters that you know kind of felt isolated from regular humans. So, right. Um, would a Transformers DC or Marvel crossover be worth reading? You like Transformers? Depends who wrote it. Depends who drew it. Depends if the idea was cool. You know, because they did a uh, Transformer um, New Avengers crossover when when um, like the New Avengers first started, but I I didn't care for it so much. I mean, you know, it's like anything. It could, it could be good. Yeah, there's this um there's a Transformer GI Joe crossover like back in the eighties, mm-hmm. and and like one of the covers has like Bumblebee getting blown up. So it's like what. <laughs> Um, if Guardians of the Galaxy was so popular, why did the comic last only 20-odd issues? I don't know if they, they necessarily are popular. I, I, it, it's kind of a weird thing. Um, because they, like, they, they had an appearance on the, the Avengers cartoon. You know, they got a movie coming out. Right. I was surprised when, when they decided to go w- with that as, as you know, one of the big Marvel movies. Right. I just I don't know. I mean, maybe I'm not giving movie people enough – or the, the movie watchers enough credit i think a sci-fi movie is not going to do as well as something like the avengers and you know i could be totally wrong but i it just almost seems like it's going to be a different crowds i don't know well i mean and no one's going to know any of the characters you know the the average person that, that goes and what sees iron man and thor and batman they don't read comics and they're going to be like guardians of the galaxy what's that oh it's tied to marvel but who, who are these guys? Who's Star Lord? Yeah. But at the at the end of the day, if they if they get a good trailer and they have some talented people involved, people will go see it. Nobody freaking knew Iron Man. I mean, that, yeah, some that's people know. You make a good you make a good movie. You put a recognizable actor in there, and you can do it. People knew who Iron Man was. He had no, he, no, no. He no. he had a cartoon show in the sixties. He had uh, come on, dude. Don't don't Iron Man and Force Works or whatever in, in the nineties. The average the average person. Their knowledge doesn't doesn't really go past you know Spider Man X Men even was was a bit of a uh, of a sell you know early they had the on 90s it was cartoon. only because they had the cartoons yeah. but the average person doesn't know you know uh, and there was an Iron Man Exo Man War video game in the nineties which was really bad yeah that doesn't oh. mean that the average person knew who he was um, should dust be used more. So dust from um, the X Men books. Um, she just—I thought she was in something recently. I don't know. Um, she 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 can turn to sand, and so she's like Sandman. Uh, no, well, sort of, but yeah. Um, she was um, she's like one of the, the younger, like the new X Men, one of the kids. So I think she's in Wolverine and the X Men, but yeah, she's not really used much. I don't, I don't know why. And this is this is a crazy question. Why are there no new writers on the new Fifty Two? What does that mean? I, I think that's crazy because there's there's tons of new writers. Well, but, I mean, you know, no one knew who the hell I was. Oh, uh, but yeah, no. You, I mean, you you've done you had other stuff. You, I don't know. I would say I don't know if I'd consider you new because I mean, you you had a page on Comic Vine and you had other stuff listed. I guess I'm not. I'm not. You know, I'm not a new comic book person. But as far as writing, no one knew me from Adam. Maybe, but like, like, like Justin Jordan. It's like I know he. You know, he's done some other stuff before DC. But I would maybe consider him kind of new. Right. Um. What about he, that that Kyle Higgins guy? He well, he had. I mean, obviously, he had done stuff before the New Fifty Two. I mean, yeah. 
I don't know. I mean, you know, I mean, it's not like they're going out of their way not to uh, not to hire people that are new. It's just, you know, I mean, James Tynan, the fourth. Jim Jim Zub Zub say his last name for me. I I don't remember it. Zubka Zub something like that. Zubkovich Zub. I'm, I apologize for not knowing how to say his last name. I, I, I think his Twitter is like Jim Zub or something like that, so I, I'm not oh. really sure. But he's on uh, uh, Birds of Prey now, right? Uh, yeah, they announced that. So there you go. You can call him a, a new writer because yeah. he wasn't doing, he wasn't doing DC stuff that there's, really, there's right? Some. Yeah. Um, did you hear um who the, the new writer for Batgirl is? So this is news from two weeks ago. Nope. Um, the new Batgirl writer is this this writer. Um, her name is Gail Simone. What do you mean they brought her back? Yeah. So, so there, there's a clue. People know when this was recorded, when when it came out. Did but, they really do that? Yeah, she she tweeted it today, and she's like, yeah, yeah. So that that's that's another weird thing. So there, that there's she's not a new writer though. Hmm. That that I think that that's a very interesting thing, and I won't ask you to comment on that because there's definitely that's it's it's an interesting conversation as to like what and I don't know any reasons like what happened and why this happened, but people should be happy. So, anyways, we got to move on because that was that was only the first. Let me no. just tell you. Let me just tell you though. Okay. I don't I don't like when people jump to conclusions and start slandering. Uh, slagging people off uh, on the internet without knowing what the facts are. So that whole that whole thing and how it blew up kind of bothered me. Um, and I'm proud to say that Comic Vine did not report on on that because you know all 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 it was was were released that you know word was she got fired in an email. I don't know why or, or how or you know. Did she know before? You know, was it something she did do? Something she didn't do? You know, was it whoever? You know, the editors? You know, well, I just I didn't like all the the piling on uh, for the for you know like like you know Brian Brian Cunningham, who is an excellent human being and a fine editor, got like murdered on uh, Twitter, and these people don't know who he is. They don't know what you know what his job performances like they don't know anything about him you know mm-hmm. so just because his name gets mentioned in a tweet you know i don't think it gives people the right to uh act the fool you know yeah. i'm just saying i know him personally and uh uh he's not any of those negative bad awful things that people were calling him because yeah, i mean if if he did do it did someone tell him to do it? I mean, like you said, I mean, you you don't know. So I don't have I don't have any inform, any more information yeah. than any of the fools out there who were you know <laughs> calling for his head on a platter. So. Yeah. All right, Evolution Two K One. Do you think Six One Six Kitty Pride will gain the additional power that, that Ultimate Kitty Pride has? And if she already has them, how come a sixteen-year-old version of her was able to figure it out while adult self is clueless? Um, so it's 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 weird that how a lot of the mutants have had a secondary mutation, but some haven't. Right. And like the the problem now with Beast and all new X Men is is he's going through a third mutation, which is killing him. It's like too much stress on his body or whatever. Yeah, but wasn't the the, the blue version of of him the second iteration of Beast's uh, mutation was because he tried to yeah self like that was different right that that wasn't like a, a, a just a, a normal mutation yeah well there's that but then he also 
changed into his more cat-like form. How did that happen? I'm trying to think about that now. So maybe that was his secondary mutation. Yeah, I, I, I thought that the people that started drawing him weird. Well, there is at one point where he, he's drawn really weird. Um, I forgot who, who did it when, when that sword comic came out. He looked almost like a horse. Right. And then, but, and, and there was one issue where he was drawn one way on a cover, like the cat like way. And then in the interiors, he was more like a horse. And it's just like, I, I, I get and, and understand artist interpretation, but it was, it was a bit of a difference. Right. So, um, and as far as why the two different Kitty Prides have different power, it's, it's they're different universes. So it's it's like who who knows? I mean, there, there there could be some other gene or chromosome in the ultimate version that allows her to to do something else. Or it's always tough to speculate on that stuff because really, that's just, I mean, that's always comes down to creative choice, you know? Yeah. So, um, and it, it's it's also like ultimate cable. An ultimate universe was was an older Wolverine from the future, so I mean, that's you know completely different thing. So hmm. you can't can't try to figure it out. Um, let's see if actually I already did that one. Um, so I really like the last two episodes of Ultimate Spider Man. Do you think they'll make up for the mediocreness of the series as a whole? Um, a lot of people do not like that Ultimate Spider Man show. And I'm assuming you haven't watched it. You're assuming correctly. Um, it's there's it's it's not what you would expect from a Spider-Man show. He you know he's constantly breaking the fourth wall, and you know a lot of times when he's explaining something or you know he's having like some daydreamer, and you know you get like these cartoony versions of you know the different whoever he's he's thinking about or you know if it's like Nick Fury or whatever, and it you know it can get over the top. And then there's those effects. So he's he's a teenager. He's he's been recruited to Shield, and he's on this leading this team with the other Nova, the Sam Alexander kid, um, a younger like teenage Iron Man and Power Fist or Iron Man, Iron Fist and Power Man, yes. and then there's White Tiger, and that's it. They should make a Power Fist. That's a good character. Yeah. So, but it's just a lot of people hate that that show, and my my daughter she she likes it. I mean, you know, she doesn't well, like. It sounds like it sounds like because it's so far uh, afield from what we know uh, in, as Spider-Man, so that's probably why, don't you think? And also because uh, the the last series, of Spectacular Spider-Man, that um, Sean Galloway like did the designs for. I mean, people loved that that version, right? But because that was produced by Sony, and then I think Marvel, when when you know they got the rights back from the TV rights back from Sony, they wanted to do their you know in in house or whatever. Right, it sounds experimental what they've done, or, or yeah, but it's second season's confirmed. I think it's like January twenty um, first or whatever, whatever the Monday is. They're doing a, like a two episode hour primetime premiere, so hmm. it's it must be doing well if if they're gonna you know give it another season because they're not gonna make more episodes if it's not profitable. So people are watching it. That's true, um, but it's it's not that bad. I mean, it, it's it's not my favorite, but it's you know it's Spider Man, so I don't know. Um, Benny Q says, uh, um, actually, and I'm going to save that, that question. Okay. Um, Ricky XD, this is his second post. Um, we hear the comic people asking for characters like Wally West, Cassandra Kane, Stephanie Brown, Donna Troy, etc., to return to new 52. I wasn't interested in comics pre new 52, so I never read any stories involving them. 
Um, now my question is, what makes Wally West better than the current Flash? And what makes these other beloved characters so wanted? What makes them so special? Well, uh, I don't think, I mean, you know, my response to that is, uh, you know, everyone has their preference. You know what I mean? Like some people you drink Coke, some people drink Pepsi. I, I don't know if it's a matter of things being, you know, one character being better. Um, I think in the case of Wally West and Flash, I mean, the simple fact is, is that Barry Allen was gone from, what, 1986 to 2005 no, or whatever? It was 23 years. So all those people who grew up on DC Comics during that time, Wally is the Flash they know. So yep. of course they're going to prefer that guy. Yeah. Um, so I don't think that Wally's better. He's different, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think any of these characters are better or worse than, you know, than the people that they're supposedly either replacing or, you know, it's just we all have our preferences, man, you know? Yeah, and and like with um, um, Stephanie Brown, it's like I don't know what what the numbers were on, on her Batgirl series. I mean, I I actually prefer her as spoiler, so I, I'm I'm I, I'm still hoping that they they bring her back as spoiler. Right. But we'll see. Spider Max Seventeen, um, with the Christmas season coming up. Well, we missed that. So, um, who would you want to see get a Christmas special? Um, the Brood. Uh, maybe. Remember the Brood? Yeah. There, there, there was a um a mutated Brood in Wolverine and the X Men. Like this, was this, there? this little like cute Brood named Brew. Was he friendly? Yeah. Um, and he was smart. He's he could talk, and he's he's like real intelligent. And he got shot. So now he's um. I guess he he wasn't that bright if he was able to get shot. Well. He's like in a coma now, so he's not smart enough to avoid a bullet. Well, he's Sarah really liked that character, so don't let her hear oh, you. Ask her about him. Yeah, I mean she won't, she won't hear this here, so we can say whatever. But oh, I um, don't know. Maybe maybe he's a good character. Yeah. Um, also, do superheroes change their costumes based on the weather? Because I would think someone like Spider Man would get very cold in New York after I just snowed. I actually i I don't remember if I asked you that, but I. Maybe not. I think it was um, at WonderCon. I asked, you know, I did one of those off their minds where I asked you guys questions, and um, I, th- I said, "How do superheroes prepare for the weather?" And but Spider Man has had a, a, a different costume at one point. You know, and he doesn't use it often, but you would think he'd get cold just wearing spandex. I mean. How often do you go out wearing just spandex? Um, I try to go out uh, at least uh, six times a week wearing just spandex. And do you ever get like chilly wearing that? Well, I live in Los Angeles. Yeah, I guess it doesn't get as cold. It's yeah. gets gets cold up here in San Francisco. Well, I mean, I would think that some of these heroes probably aren't affected by uh, the elements, mm-hmm. and uh, probably a guy like. Uh, Spider-Man, I bet you just that thin layer, it's probably warm enough when you're doing all that, you know, flipping around. Yep. You get, get all, you know, the other question I, I want to know is like, someone like Superman, does he have like super BO? You know, does he get like really stinky, hmm. you know, all sweaty, you know, fighting, swinging around or doing I don't whatever? Sweats. I don't, I don't feel like Superman sweats. I don't know. Maybe. Does, that, does he really exert himself? Like, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I don't know, and he has that little that force field around himself, right? Isn't that his kind of thing? That's what they they some people say. 
So maybe it locks in the freshness. Yeah. It's like a Ziploc. Mm-hmm. So you don't smell the, the super B.O. Okay, that that's the other question. Um, I, I, I should – I got to ask um, Scott Lobdell this because in, in one of his issues, he um, – I think it was Superman 13. He, he mentioned – or Superman is talking about taking a hot sh- – having you know take a quick shower. And he's like, oh, I remember when I used to be able to feel you know the hot water or whatever. Yeah. So it kind of sounded like, you know, because my question is that, you know, if he's he's the man of steel, he's bulletproof, you know, you can shoot him and it doesn't do anything. So does that mean his skin is rock hard? Like if, if when, you know, before Lois knew who he was, if she were to hold his hand, would it be like, you know, would it actually be soft th- to touch? Maybe I'm wrong, but I thought that uh, that John Byrne made it so that it was a little force field around him. So that's not that that his skin was super hard. It's just that there's that layer, like, you know. But but then that, that force field would have to be hard because if, if a bullet can't penetrate the force field, would Lois's hand be able to penetrate? Would she feel the force field? Or is it like a defensive mechanism where if something, you know, it automatically goes up and hardens or whatever? Yeah, I don't know. So, that's that's really interesting. Yeah. I'll, I'll, I, I should I ask. The fact that you said, does Lois feel the force field? Because that sounds really dirty. <laughs> well, Nelson said Harden. <laughs> there's, there's that image of um, when Spider-Man and Superman um, met, and like Spider-Man's on the ground. He's like, Superman, how'd you get so hard? <laughs> or something, something like that. Um, I should ask Lubdell that, but he'll, he'll, he'll probably won't like me asking the questions. Sometimes I'll ask him like these, these nitpicky things. I don't, I don't think he wants to answer it. No. Oh, but we'll see. I, I should have him on this podcast sometime. He, they got. He likes to talk. Oh yeah, and he, you know, he. I'm sure he'd be more than happy to talk about himself at great length. Yeah. I um, think his subject is himself. Yeah. I'm um, sure. Well, because he he used to do that with with us sometimes where he he wanted to um he would take questions from from a community and then you know he's like just ask questions and there was like 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 hundred and some questions and it's like you know he's like he can't answer all those i was like you're crazy <laughs> but then um yeah um let's see where, where was that um, another question all new x-men are one we see characters in the past talking about um the lines they use are not the same as the original comic oh um so my question is when blank travels to the past in a different dimension is because the lines are not exactly the same. I'm not really sure what they, if they mean lines dialogue or timelines. Um, so all new X-Men, if people aren't reading it or if you're not reading it is, um, um, it, I think it's, it's, everyone knows now beast goes back in time, gets the original X-Men. And it basically, it's like, you know, you need to come to the future because uh, my, my time Cyclops is, is going to, commit genocide you know he's going to be responsible for the death of all mutants so the mutants the x-men come to the present why does he do that why is he going to do that because that's what brian Bendis wanted to do because it's going to be the end of the mutants and and there's there's no talking sense into cyclops so he he it was actually it was it was, it was Iceman's idea in a way where he he just like threw out this comment and beast came up he's like yeah so it, the idea is that Cyclops will see who he used to be and then realize how far he's come. You know, now he's, he's, you know, side by side with Magneto, who used to be like their greatest enemy. Right. And, and, you know, he's just getting so extreme now. And 
that you know maybe that the shock of seeing his younger self would be like oh maybe i i should think about this so then it's like then you got like jean gray you know she's she's in the present now and she's gonna find out like she died and all you know wolverine's in love with her and you know he's this old hairy dude and yeah, that's interesting. Like, like, how far along is that storyline gone? Um, I think issue four came out. So yeah, it was coming out twice a month. Um, so they they had a, a what happened to issue four is they they met, they confronted each other, they kind of fought, and Cyclops was kind of like freaking out when he saw Jean, but then he realized it was her, and then she's like reading his mind, you know, because she's just learning how to use her telepathy. So and then Cyclops ends up like he's like we got to get out of here. So he just like books rather than than deal with them, right? So it's 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 weird. But um, it was actually um the the time point where it happens I think was Uncanny or was X Men number eight from from the sixties, and I thought he was talking about the dialogue line because um it's it's not the same exact lines, you know Bendis changed it a little bit. I wish he would have used the same. But Same. you know, I mean, there's some, there's something to be said for whenever you, whenever you take characters, and and you you know introduce them into this new timeline, this sort of it exists independently, don't you think? Like, well, that that was Marvel's whole thing is like you can never travel in time because if you went back in time, you created an alternate timeline. Right. But um, it's, it, it seems like that that would be the case here, but Beast. You know, he he mentions that he's using Doctor Doom and Reed Richards' technology, but he tweaked it or he improved it. So I'm wondering if that's how they're getting around it. And because because if it was an alternate reality, then it's like okay, it doesn't matter what happens. But if it is the same, if there's a whole thing, it's like they need to get back in time at some point. And are they going to remember everything that's happened? Because obviously they can't. So if if it was just a simple of alternate reality, then that makes things too easy. You know, there's there's no consequences. Right. But then the other question is, how can Cable travel through his own time if, you know, there's, there's got to be some loophole, and I don't remember if they've ever explained how Cable can do it. Time travel is a weird, wacky thing, you know what I mean? Like, it's, it's, too, it's so easy to punch holes in, in time travel stories. Yeah. Um, Rodiggle says, I'm trying to prolong my reading of Saga. I am absolutely in love with it. It's one of my favorite titles at the minute. So much so that I'm actually still only on issue five because I want to savor my reading of it. I usually blast through story arcs and days, but I'm trying to control myself as um, as I generally hate waiting for monthly titles. So my question is, if you ever felt this way about a limited series before or what books can you not wait for every month? I'm actually doing the same thing with, with Saga. I, I got behind a little bit, and I'm like, you know, I'm going to hold off on this because one of my other reviewers, I, I reviewed like the first issue, and he did the second, and then you know he uh-huh. he was like digging everything. So it's now it's like he reviews that book. I don't need to be caught up. So at some point, I, I'm going to have like this this big, you know, huge. Where I can just read through a bunch of books, right? But it, it's it's hard. Um, you know, if, if I'll I'll read something as soon as I can get it. Where you know sometimes Marvel and DC give us you know early looks. Right. So it's like it's it's hard just to wait. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, I don't collect like I used to, but um, when my brother was uh, an intern at Marvel, uh, he used to uh, get he used to have to make copies. So I used to get black and white versions of like John Burns, She Hulk, and all these other stuff, all this other stuff early. And I certainly wouldn't wait. I'd be reading that stuff as it came off the hopper. Yeah. 
Um, so Road Diggle says, also, any tips on how to occupy my non-saga time would be greatly appreciated. I hear good things about going, quote-unquote, outside. We could read this book called The Flash. Why not read, why not read The Flash? Yeah. It's a good book. And Black Bat. Well, Black Bat's not out yet, but <laughs> when it comes out, you can spend some time reading that. Yeah. Um, you can read Nightwing. Uh, Kyle's doing some cool stuff with Nightwing. Yeah. Why not do and that? Big changes are coming. That's what they, they keep they're, saying. They're, they're a brewing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, but yeah, I mean, there's there's so many good books. And, and you know, the other thing is, like, it doesn't matter if a book's on issue 15 or an issue 20-something or 100-and-something. You just need to jump in. Like, don't worry about, it's like, well, I, I can't start reading this because there's already issues. And you just, otherwise when, you're missing when out. When I was a kid, you read a book, and if it was awesome, you went back and you got the, the ones that you missed. Yeah, and it's so much easier now, especially with, like, Comixology and, you know, with, with all the trades. It's like, and, and you know, places like Comic Vine where you can read up on a character's history to find out, you know, what happened. And that used to be such a fun pastime, like, trying to find the back issues that you – didn't get a chance to read, like going through long boxes. Mm-hmm. Like now it's easy. Now it's at your fingertips. But you know, back in uh, in our day, you had to actually hunt for stuff. Yeah, I I totally did. Like Spider Man, like getting back issues of Amazing Spider Man and Marvel Tales. I I probably read every single issue that way. And in Batman, you know, I was like, they didn't have reprints as much. But I just remember trying to get as many back issues as I could, and they were cheaper back then. Now, I, I guess they're probably not that that bad now too. So. But that's that's the fun part because then you get all these old issues and you can see these other adventures and it didn't matter if if you read them out of order. Right. Bob's a nub. What's the point of Marvel's desperate attempt to essentially keep everything in continuity that happened in the Earth six one six universe when some of the game changing events and stories are nothing more than blatant reboot switches? Uh, I I don't know how about that. Let's see. I know the argument is that they want to bring in new readers while keeping the longtime fans as well. But as newcomer to Marvel Comics myself, many ads, promos, articles, interviews give them the impression that if I was want a better understanding of the current stories, the least I could do is get the event trades back from the time Bendis took over and rebooted Avengers X Men lines. While in reality, events like Avengers Assemble, House of M, One More Day, Brandy Day are utterly redundant in terms of their significance to the actual series. Um, I. I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't see what what the problem is. So it sounds like he's got an axe to grind. To be honest yeah. with you. So the the point of Marvel now, it's supposed to be like, okay, you can start reading here, but they're not doing what the New Fifty Two did because the New Fifty Two, and you know, there's there's a debate: is it a reboot or not? You know, DC said it wasn't, and there's some some books, some characters where the continuity had carried over, and other ones where clearly it it didn't. Um, but with Marvel, they're not. Nothing was rebooted. You know, all they did is they just swapped creative teams, and they're they're making it so you can start. Re- Although, like all new X Men, you kind of need to know what's going on in, to a small degree. But um, something like 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 Fantastic Four and FF that Matt Fraction is doing, it's like you don't. There there's connections to what Jonathan Hickman did, but you if you didn't read those, you're not missing out on anything. But they're not blatantly ignoring saying none of that happened. So what they did was kind of like square dancing, right? Where you just change your partners mm-hmm. and do do. Yeah. Yeah. So I, you know, no offense to you and, and your company, but I, I think that works. But on the other hand, you know, maybe cause you know, DC characters have a longer, although see you, you can't even say DC has a longer history because they rebooted everything in like 85 or whatever with crisis on infinite earths. What's that? 
it doesn't exist in the new 52. So I don't know. <laughs> so I, I don't, I don't see what the, what the problem is. And, and, and yeah, if you read Avengers disassemble and house of M, you're going to know where the characters are coming from, but they're not being referenced every day. So I don't know. It's just, it just, it's, it's hard. And if you're new, you have the chance to go back and, and read these old books if you want, or just ignore them. Right. Um, and then also the next thing says, what's your take on a long running controversy between Grant Morrison and Alan Moore? Um, I, you know, did they have a feud? I guess they did. I, I not too aware of it, but, um, it, I guess it recently came up on comics beat where they, they, I guess, um, Grant Morrison finally commented on it. Cause I think Alan Moore basically kind of, he didn't. He was didn't really say any bad things about Grant, but I think he just kind of put him down. Like when he first met him, that it's like, oh, who's this guy? This wannabe writer or something like that. Um, you know, not in exactly those words, but part of it is it's like the way I look at it, it's like I, I really don't care if there's a feud between two two guys. I mean, they're both good writers, right? And what, what they they say, it's like you know, I don't agree with some of the stuff that Alan Moore says. It's like part of it's like I don't really care what he has to say if he likes something or doesn't like something. It's, I don't know. When are you going to start a, a, a controversy or feud with someone? I don't know. I don't want to, I don't want anyone to hit me. Maybe, maybe you and Francis will get in a fight. That'll never happen. Here's the thing is I don't want to, I don't want to feud with anybody. And I don't think anyone wants to feud with me because, uh, I have a pretty sharp tongue. So I don't think you want to get into a war of words with me because I can hurt your feelings. <laughs> I'll keep that in mind. And then you'd, then you'd want to punch me, and I don't want to get hit. No. Um, HTB106 says, with Eddie Barrows being announced as the new Teen Titans artist, which will be great, who do you think will be the new Nightwing artist, and what do you want Brett Booth to move on to? I, I See, this, must, this is one of those points where I'm completely oblivious. I didn't realize that that was announced that Eddie Barrows is, is going to, to Teen Titans. Because, like, um, he just did um, Nightwing 15, which was great. I mean, I, I love his layouts and everything, and, you know, it really made, you know, Kyle's script, you know, just really come to life. Um, right. I, I if, if this is the case, I, I, I really hope they get a good artist for Nightwing, because that, you know, I and I hate to say it, it's like you know a lot of times art can make make or break a, a book. I mean, well, I mean, art the art is you know it's at least half the battle. Yeah, I mean you you need good Darn story, no. but yeah, I don't know, and I don't know what Brett Booth's going to go to. Um, I don't know. Yeah, that's weird. And then um, HTB one hundred six says personally, I think Brett would would be great on a cyborg book. I feel. Okay. I feel bad for Cyborg. Why? Why do you feel bad for him? Because he's the only guy in the Justice League that doesn't have his own book. You know, Batman's got a bunch. Um, you know, Hal Jordan, like, he sort of has his book. You know, he's he's kind of dead now, but right. he's still hanging around. Um, but yeah, Wonder Woman's got her own book. Um, well, Aquaman didn't have his own book, right, for no, a while? Well, I'm talking about like now. In, in the current New 52, the, the Justice League, Cyborg's the only one without a book. And you know they're they're trying to make all this big deal. You know during Flashpoint, you know he was he's they're making a big deal about Cyborg, and then instead of Martian Manhunter, you got Cyborg in a Justice League. But all he does, he sits in the Watchtower. But um, it's my understanding that Jeff Johns has has some some plans working, where like 
with the um, throne of Atlantis, he's you know he's focusing on Aquaman and showing how important he is to the team, and you know what what the team you know would be like without him or with him, you know, why they need him, and and he he said that he's going to be doing that with like all the characters, like kind of really building them up, and that that's something that because I like Cyborg, yeah, but I, I see I liked him on, on Teen Titans, so that that bothers me that you know there was no Teen Titans before, so I guess you know it doesn't matter. But what what Jeff's good at doing is he takes these characters that you wouldn't think you'd care about, and then and he can make them into something. Right. It's like like who cared That's about mark of a good writer, my friend. Yeah, who cared about Sinestro before? You know, and, and it's like when he started doing all the stuff with them, you know, he he turned into something. So right, agreed. So we'll see what happens with Cyborg when his time comes. Um, Matitude twenty two says, um, "Hey G man, do you know if in Doctor Who?" Are all the eleven actors who played the Doctor? Are they playing one person, or is it eleven different Doctors? You know the answer to that. I do. I think I think they're all the same Doctor, right? He just takes different form. Yep his his body regenerates. So if like some big traumatic thing happens, the body changes. So it's right. it's all the same same dude. Just he looks different. And I, I have never seen a single episode of Doctor Who. Wow, Doctor Who is like you you've seen it at the conventions all the Doctor Who cosplayers. Yeah, no, I know. I mean, it's beloved, and I've had many people give me dirty looks and say you need to watch it, and I just haven't gotten around to it. My father, uh, rest in peace, he loved Doctor Who, and he really wanted me to watch it. So yeah. Yeah, I went to my dad to, to watch it at some point. Yeah, yeah, and you can start with the. I mean, obviously, the old stuff is is good, but it's you know, it's it's it'll it'll appear dated with the you know. Well, I mean, the, the Doctor Who that I remember was the. Was the dude with the curly hair? Yeah, Tom Baker. That was, he was, that was really cool. Yeah, but um, Christopher Eccleston. He, so when they started this, the series with him, he did one season that was good, and then David Tennant, um, and then now we got That's Matt. Still Smith. people love, right? David Tennant. Yeah. But the the chicks like Matt Smith, or what is his name? What he's the current guy. Yeah. And that's the one the chicks like, right? Uh, I think they they like David Tennant. Matt Smith is kind of goofy, but I, yeah, they they like him. I mean, they're all. Who's the best looking one? I, I don't know. Um, sure you do. Yeah, you do. I would I would say probably um, David Tennant, but I don't know. Oh, okay. Maybe he's the one that the chicks dig. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, I can't speak for the for the, the chicks as as you refer to them. For the ne- ladies, the ne- lady folk. Necrotic um, lycanthrope says, "Hey, G man, here's a question I've been curious about lately. Why hasn't there been many, if at all, conservative comics?" What does that mean? So far, all the comics I've looked at have snide remarks from a more biased approach against conservative ideals. Are so you saying that, that why are there no Republican comics? I, I, yeah, I think it's a political thing. Uh, I think historically, creative people tend to uh, be to the left of center. Mm-hmm. So I think that probably answers it right there. Yep. That's uh, and to be honest with you, um, I'm not, what is that? How does that play out? I mean, I, I don't know what what's at stake. You know what I mean? Yeah, I don't know, but yeah, I mean, I, I think like what you just said that that's I, I I don't think any writer should put their political views. I feel like I've answered this question. I don't know if this was asked in the other um, podcasts also, but like like what I I always say is um I never like express my political views or my religious beliefs, and right. and the, the reason is because if if I did. And it was different than what people believed in. 
then th- their entire faith could be shattered by knowing that they're believing a false, you know, religion or whatever. Because obviously, whatever I believe in is is the right one. Oh, so you're saying you're doing that as a favor to all the idiots out there who don't believe what you believe? Yeah, but they don't know what I believe, so they they can you know they, this is what I believe in. Maybe this is what 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 Tony believes in. So I'm, I thought okay. that you were a nihilist. Is that correct? I'm not saying anything. I can't say. You sure? I can't say anything. I, I can't can't ruin any anyone's beliefs. I can't confirm or deny anything. But like with with the election, you know, back in November, I I never um, said anything. My my cat was watching the the elections very, very very carefully. He was like sat right in front of TV, looking at the numbers ticking. I, do you want me to tell you who I voted for? If you want, Obama. Okay. And it looks like he chose wisely because he won. As uh, Rashid Wallace says, the ball don't lie. All right, Timothy, no, Timotheus 316 is, where is the continuity between artists and writers writing the same characters in books? Which is like what what I mentioned with with The Flash and The Flash and in Justice League. Um, He says, case in point, um, Edie Oaken, I never knew how to say her her last name, Oaken Kuo from Wolverine and the X-Men. Her first appearance was in a church in Africa. She was sure she has the fire and ice powers and storm helped talk her down somewhat. She looked 10. Then a few months later in the other X-Men book, she said to be 14 and looked so much older. I was confused until I saw a comic vine that said she was 14. So can you shed some light on this for me? Where's the continuity in looks? It drives me crazy. Sounds like a mistake. No, I, I, I think part of it is, is artist interpretation, but even like someone like X twenty three, I mean, there's some been some times where she's not doesn't look like you know like a sixteen year old or however she's supposed to be. You know, they they try making her a little too old. It's like this is a, a a kid. It's not easy to draw children, by the way. Yeah, and that's that's something that I think a lot of comic art or not a lot, but there's some comic artists are not used to uh, drawing children. So. And and sometimes when they do, they draw them with like really big heads and short but, bodies. Yeah, they look like big melon heads, or they look like just small uh, adults. Like John Romita Jr. That's how he draws them. I, I've, I've said that before. Well, I'm not, I'm not a I'm not a big John Romita Jr. hater like some people are. I think he's a very good artist. I, I think there's there's some books that he he works really well on, and others like like um he's doing Captain America with Rick Remender, and it's it's crazy stuff because it's it's like cap from the seventies. That's what, what Rick said. And it's in this dimension Z it's like all this weird stuff, but there's these, um, other creatures and stuff from, from this, this world, the uh, way, the way he looks them, they're a little generic. They're not, they're not really like scary or intimidating as they should be. Uh huh. So that, that's unfortunate. But like when he was doing like kick ass, I, I, I thought it worked in there. So yeah. I, I think some books he works really well in. And well, I think he's not for everybody, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I, I and I don't like it when when people say oh this sucks and you know it's like yeah I mean, you know what it's it's not nice to to speak that way because drawing comic books is not easy you know you may not like an artist's style you may laugh at their flaws but you know what y'all ain't doing it because it is hard and so I think everyone should get respect for being able to to put together comic books even if you don't like their style because uh, if you don't like it doesn't mean it's not good. Because like you know, I I do the the Saturday art posts, uh-huh. and there's there's been like like 
like maybe two or three people that don't like Chris G. Russo or, or Agnes's style because, you know, they, they do kind of like the, the kitty version or whatever you want to call it. Sure. So I can't believe this is on here, but it's like, hey, you know, one, I'm the one picking it. So, you know, I, I can determine what, what is awesome, what's not. But the other thing is, obviously, people like that because, like, at, at New York, Agnes was she was busy as, as heck. I mean, she That's had so right. many commissions dues. And same with with Chris G. Russo. He, you know, recently was was selling like some original art on his website, and they're going for high prices, and and people they're they're selling out, and people are buying it. So, right, just because you may not like something, doesn't mean it's not good. And if if everyone liked the same thing, it it'd be a boring world. Like er- everything would look the same. It's like you need some variety, and that's what I like about doing those art posts because you get to see all the different interpretations. So you can see, you know, um, or like like when Francis did, he did that um uh, CB what was it, CBLF whatever the, the he he did he did this Batman sketch for like a an, an auction, right? And you don't get to see him do um, Batman often because he's doing a flash now and and right. so i I, th- I think it's great seeing an artist do someone else and so you get to see the differences and so people just need to if if you don't like it that's fine but you someone else might spirited about it yeah it's just everyone has different tastes and when when you flat out that always drove, drove me crazy like if i would listen to like like radio you know morning radio shows or something like that if someone said oh yeah i just saw this movie or this and it sucked it's so stupid then that that kind of turns me off. To it's like if if someone's saying they don't like something that I do like, then you know it's, it's like you're basically telling me that my opinion is wrong, and so it's like why should I listen to anything you have to say when you're you're not being reasonable? Well, you know, I, I, honestly, I, the, the thing that bothers me most is people who speak in generalities. They can't articulate why something quote unquote sucks. Mm-hmm. You know, this sucks. This movie sucks. This comic sucks. This writer sucks. It's like why? So give me a real reason. Like give me a critical analysis of why you think it's bad. Just to say, oh well, he, you know, everything seems so you know rushed or like they're talking these broad terms, you know, or you know, uh, nobody, you know, nobody made any sense or I didn't like the way the way that the character sounded. It's like, can you be a little more specific? Yeah, that trash somebody. Do it intelligently. So that's why when um. We we um, came up with this new format for our reviews. I was like, you know, that's why we have the good, the bad, and the verdict. So that way, you can clearly see this is what we like, this is what we didn't like, and and sometimes with that we're nitpicking. But you know, it's it's it's, it's hard to some sometimes you really like something. It's hard to come up with some a, a bad thing. But right. you know, so I mean, I think you've read some of my reviews. So. I have. I have. You've been very generous and kind towards but, me. No, see, but that, that's where you're wrong. I'm not being generous or kind. I'm, I'm, I'm being honest. So, yeah, but yeah, that, that's what I think. So if, if, if I really like someone, give it a five. I'm not being kind or generous. I'm just saying this is what I like. And, you know, I would hope that that would come across to people reading the review. That, well, yeah, I mean, when I say kind, yeah. I don't mean that you're, that you're lying. I just, you know, I guess it's my way of saying thanks. Yeah, and yeah, and, and and people, it's it's not like I I haven't given like every single issue to Flash a five, so it's not like I'm not. giving any favoritism or anything. Hey, you know, there's there's some issues of Flash that I like more than others, and you know, there's yeah. a couple that I'm not that fond of, you know, but for different reasons, you know. Mm-hmm. All right, so. got willpower says, how come people don't deduce secret identities based on body type? 
For example, when a new hobgoblin attacked in big time, Peter protected his identity by pretending to be working in his underwear with headphones the whole time hobgoblin was attacking. Um, so he was working in his lab or something like that, and then he had the change out of his costume, and so he was just there. Um, but wouldn't it be suspicious for him to be so muscular? There's not a lot of people that are as fit as superheroes, so it should be really easy for s- speculators to narrow the field of candidates down by deducing a secret identity. Three, three words for you. Suspension of disbelief. Mm-hmm. I think it would be, have been fairly easy to connect the dots between Peter Parker and Spider-Man based solely on their alike physical appearances. Um, but, no, I mean, it, it, I, yeah, like you said, and it's in the comic book world with so many super-powered people, maybe they're like, you know, if, if I want a chance with, with the girl down the, down the street, I need to start working out, you know, when you're seeing all these fit people on the news – and and also the simple fact is in life you would be able to recognize people that you knew even if they had masks on the the way they move the way they talk the their body shape like it's very it's very easy to recognize the people we know uh so you, it's one of those conventions of comic books you just have to accept that it really doesn't make sense unless they're like um how Grant Morrison explained it like in um All-Star Superman quietly like the difference you know clark hunching his shoulder you know talking differently moving yeah Yeah, i mean you know i mean i guess if people are are sort of like lon cheney sort of the man of a thousand faces and and can do that uh there is some of that but you know at the end of the day it, it is this is fiction and you know in the spirit of comics you just sort of have to accept you know that's the reality of that little world jinx you andy it says, um, I'd like to thank you and the rest of your staff for providing consistent, high-quality podcasts and videos for help to pass time during the week. Um, you're welcome. Do you think Moon Knight will come back in his own series during or after Age of Ultron, as implied at the end of the 2011 series? I know that sales for his last series weren't that great, but if Marvel can get a good creative team and convince people it's important part of Marvel Universe and not just a Batman knockoff, it might be able to sustain the series for a few years. I don't know. what the, I, I really like Moon Knight. I've always been a fan, and I don't know why his series – never never lasts it's like he's had so many and the last one you had brian bendis and and alex malieve you know who are yep. two top guys supposedly i mean I, I i know um sales weren't great and and brian i guess had said that he had only planned on doing the 12 issues so it's not necessary that it got canceled because of sales you know he just he was leaving the book and then they're like well we're just going to end the series I, I don't. I don't know. I mean, I'd, I'd love to see Moon Knight get his own series. I don't like that that he made him quite so crazy in this last series. Right. But you know, you know what though? Like, I think with a lot of these characters who we were talking about second tier characters before, oftentimes it's who's on the book mm-hmm. that is a determining factor whether it's successful. You yeah. know, what I mean, look at look at uh, Jeff on uh, you know on Aquaman. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, big, big name writer, a character that has been marginalized historically. And it does really, really well, you know. I mean, uh, so maybe in Marvel's case, they were like, "Well, we had Bendis on the book with Alex Maleev, and it did okay." But he doesn't want to do it anymore because he's basically written what he intended to write. You know, why force somebody else into a losing proposition? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, why why hand the book to somebody and say, "Here, you know, follow Brian and Michael Bendis and try not to erode all the sales." Yeah. You know? mm-hmm. So he'll come back. I mean, someone, someone will. 
I think a lot of times with these things, it's when a writer has a take on it that is fresh and different and interesting that makes the editors excited about the character. That's when you see a book come back, you know? Yeah. And also, I, I think they, they don't – Marvel has a tendency to, to flood – almost flood the market with, with all their titles. I mean they have so many books out. But you know, they might look at it as this, there's not really a, a spot for it. And you know, they they don't want to take the risk of putting out you know a really good book that people might overlook because they can't buy you know fifty Marvel titles a week, right? Well, I don't know how many they put out, but I mean that that's the bad thing. The good and the bad thing about Marvel now is a lot of the books are coming out twice a month, so it's like it's it's really hard for for comic buyers because you know trying to afford all these books. Yeah, I mean, in a way, I, I think it's sort of short-sighted to do that, but that's my own opinion. Yeah. Um, and continuing, this is not a criticism of you personally or Comic Find, but why doesn't the AMC show Comic Book Men get more exposure on comic book websites? I realize that this is not an accurate depiction of how comic stores operate, and even the actors admitted it is scripted, but in my mind, anything that gets comic book culture out there is good for the comic industry. Um, the reason I don't is I don't know like what, what we could do. You know, we we could do write ups because I mean we do that with with The Walking Dead is you know we do like like a recap and like and it's like a discussion a place to talk about the episode that happened that does great I mean and I look at at how traffic is for for each article and you know if something successful it's worth doing I tried doing that with with Arrow and there there wasn't a lot of views on that so i'm looking at it it's like i'm watching this show wednesday night after reviewing you know trying to review like you know seven or seven or eight comics that day and plus you know posting other view or other um articles and then trying to get an article ready for thursday and then sunday night to watch this episode and try to do a write-up it, it, it wasn't worth my time for for the the, the views that came out right. if if um i and i tried getting the cw to send us screeners like they did for the first episode so we, we got to watch it like i think it was like a couple weeks before it came out so you could watch it and then have time to think about it and do if, if they did that then yeah i i would you know um be more open to doing something and it's also if if the 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 channel or the studio or whatever provided any assets or anything you know that that's that's nothing like um like lucas um would send me um like images and, and clips for the clone wars you know, so I, I would I used to post like a bunch of stuff with that, but then the traffic slowly kind of dwindled down on that too. So it depends on the AMC could do more. They could reach out to sites and say, "Hey, here's some images. Here's here's a video clip. Here's you know here's this. You know, why don't you try doing interviews with these? You know, there's there's different things that they could do if they wanted to push it. So I right. guess that's that answers that. Um, with five DC characters or which five DC characters? Do you think benefited by whatever measure you choose the most from the new 52 reboot? Keep in mind that you can't pick Batman or Hal Jordan because they're successful before the reboot. Aquaman. Uh, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Aquaman has, um, I don't know if you can say cyborg too, probably. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Cause you know, she was always, even though she's part of the Trinity, you know, she wasn't, wasn't up there, but I don't know if you could say like cyborg because he's on the justice league now. He's getting more exposure, but like I said before, he there's not a whole lot happening with him just yet. I mean, maybe we still have to wait to see how Jeff's plans um, unwind. Um, Barry Allen, you could say, because who people didn't know who he, they only knew Wally West. 
And now, now he's. There was, a whole, there was a whole series, though. I mean, you know, I mean, Jeff did a run. Yeah, but yeah. Uh, how about me? I benefited. Yeah. Um, but this is about characters. Oh, I am kind of a character. Yeah, Doctor Guerrero didn't benefit because he got killed. He benefited in that he was created in the New Fifty Two. Maybe. Um, let's see who else can we say. Um, I'm trying to think now. Other characters. Um. Yeah. I'm I, I, Swamp Thing, you know. People knew who he was before, but you know, Animal Man as well. Oh, definitely, yeah. There you go. There, there's plenty. Um, I don't understand this. It says, "Thanks, keep up the good work." And until Sarah turns the same color as a bomb, make mine comic vine. A bomb's blue, so I don't know why Sarah would turn blue. But no, he's maybe. basically it's the whole make mine Marvel thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So you're saying that's not going to happen. So. Comic Vine is definitely in his future. Okay. Mm-hmm. Superbat 420. Here's my question. How come in Red Hood and Outlaws, number one, Starfire recalled a previous Teen Titans team, but yet Ravagers is supposed to have or be Beast Boy's first appearance? Um, I'd have to go back and look at Red Hood and Outlaws, number one, because I don't. there's no specific mention. You know, She says that she, she remembers some time, and I think it was issue six where they, they showed like a one-panel flashback with um, Dick, Roy, and and Corey, but I don't think there's you know there's been no mention about the other Teen Titans, so um, we just we don't know. I mean, it just it wasn't said that the specifics. And same thing with like like Cyborg, you know, because he was never under. Right. Um, another question from Superbat four twenty. Um, it seems like most of Marvel's heroes are ripoffs of DC, but how come Marvel has better marketing skills when it comes to movies and TV shows? Wait, wait, wait. What's the what is the first statement? <laughs> it seems like like Marvel most of Marvel's heroes are ripoffs of DC. That's, okay, let's just and let's just move on to the next question because that's absolutely false. Um I mean cuz like you had Green Arrow and you have Hawkeye, you have um Aquaman, you have Namor. So then so then by that by that um so then I guess Batman's a ripoff of the Black Bat then, huh? Well, that isn't that debatable. Is there ever like a firm specific time? Because when I when I read I I read up a little bit when when Dynamite made your announcement at New York Comic Con, and before I when I was doing my write up of the announcement, I I tried doing some research. So I looked on Comic Vine because there's some stuff. I looked on like on Wikipedia trying to find anything. It's and not clear. It uh, wasn't clear. Like it was like around the same time. Yeah, it's not. It's not clear if it predates it or not. But that's not. I mean, my point is just that. It, you know, these characters have their own origins and their own lives, and so I, I don't see that they're ripoffs at all. I mean, didn't uh, didn't Shazam fly before Superman? I, I maybe it's I'm possible. Pretty sure he did. So so are all flying superheroes a ripoff of Shazam? You know what I mean? Like, and I think you're limited with the the types of superpowers you can have. Well, have- and also uh, Marvel. Uh, one of the great things about the Stanley Marvel way is that all the characters had, uh, you know, uh, very uh, understandable points of view and why they did what they did. You know, like, mm-hmm. like you know, with great power comes great responsibility, or you know, the X Men as a metaphor for you know for uh, prejudice. You know, uh, like, like they designed their char- their characters and their origins so that uh, you know they all had a, something at stake that was personal. Yeah. Uh, Whereas the DC characters, which were created, you know, years earlier, they were all, they were all more iconic, and they all kind of were ready-made good guys, 
and I think a lot a lot of their origins, you know, weren't uh, you know they weren't thought about in the same way just because the the time they were created, you didn't need to have you know that personal stake in things. Mm-hmm. Although Batman obviously has the most personal reason of of all, you know. Yeah. Um, but as far as the marketing, Marvel seems to be doing movies better, but um, DC almost seems to be doing animation better because you know with the, with the the DC original ones. Sure. So it just depends. Who's my favorite DC superhero? I think I'd have to go with Batman. Sorry, sorry, Flash. No, I, I think Batman is the. Uh, it's like that's it's too easy, but. I mean, Batman is Batman. And I mean, you know, you, you can't fault anyone for saying that their favorite Marvel character is Wolverine or that, or that their favorite DC character is Batman. You just can't. Yeah, because, I mean, when I really got into comics, you know, the main focus for me was, was Batman and Spider-Man. And then, you know, X-Men and, and you know, Fantastic Four. But it was mainly those two. Those are like my two tops that I tried getting as, as many books as I could. Right. <laughs> um, B-Creature 16. Um, I want your thoughts on some of the comic romances at DC Marvel. How are you liking the Superman-Wonder Woman relationship development justly over the past few issues? I felt like they haven't had much chemistry, but maybe other readers feel differently. I'm open-minded as long as they have compelling story arc. So I mentioned that before. I think it, I think um, it, it's great what happens. And like, um, there, there's more of it in, um, in Justice League 15, which came out on the 26th. By the uh, way... I think it's absolutely hilarious that you'd be, that people would be commenting on whether or not two characters have chemistry when they're just like drawings on a page. They're they're real. No, no, they, they live in, in people's minds and hearts. Is that thing that you that you sort of feel and like you know you sort of have to see it in action. So I, it did think to me that that you can have somebody who has the ability to judge whether two characters that are drawn have chemistry. Yeah. Well, it's it's it, 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 not be able to. It's how well they're written. That they, they feel like they're coming off the pages. Um, in Hawkeye number three, Clint Barton hooks up with some random car thief. Isn't he in a relationship with Jessica Drew? Um, I was a little confused about whether he was cheating or not, or if I'd missed something. Some bloggers are saying there's a romantic chemistry between Clint and Kate Bishop, which is absolutely not true. Matt Fraction has said that because, you know, she's, he's like her mentor and all that. Um, did I miss that too? Because it seems more like a sister-brother relationship to me. Um, as far as the... Spider Woman, the Jessica Drew thing. Um, I think I saw someone put a comment where all that's going to come to light. Where like all, because I mean, Hawkeye gets around is what it comes down to, and that that's you know one of his things. So one of his things. <laughs> yeah. Well, so it's true. Yeah, he's he 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 does what he does. So, but I I think I heard that in a future issue that this is going to come to light where. All of his his past whatever women are gonna gang up on him or something. I didn't realize that Hawkeye was like that. That that makes him similar to uh, Oliver Queen, doesn't it? I guess, um, especially the way she's he's written by Anne Nascenti. There there is these these three triplets that were like like oh you know Green Arrow and all this stuff and and then they're on this plane and and they all all four of them hook up at the same time. So Ollie and and triplets that's just that's not right it's like good job Anne. <laughs> well you know mil- millionaire playboys that's how they roll yeah um who are your favorite couples past or present in dc and marvel universe are there any characters you think should get together but haven't been a couple yet i mean i like spider-man and mary jane 
Um, I like Gwen Stacy, but um, for me, uh, it's Cyclops and Jean Grey. Yeah, definitely. Barry Allen and Iris West. Sorry, Patty. No comment on that one. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I'm not a fan of Cyclops and Emma Frost. I like Emma Frost as a character. I mean, I think she's very interesting, but I preferred Cyclops with, with Jean. Right. What about what about uh, uh, Kitty Pride and, and Peter? I like that. I, th- I think they're meant to. I did not like Kitty Pride and, and Pete Wisdom. I thought he was too old for her, and and I don't like how they're they're trying to put Kitty Pride and and Iceman together. It's That's just, weird. Yeah, it, yeah. Um. Uh, let's see another B creatures sixteen. If you could buy only two graphic novels in the past year, New Fifty Two, which ones would they be? Well. Which would the second one be? We know the first one would be Flash. Of course, because I'm I'm in there, three times. Um, um, it's hard to say because you know I I really enjoyed Scott Snyder's Batman, but it's like there's two trades out now. I think so. It's like if you can only get, you know, we wouldn't want to get both of them. I gotta go with I Vampire. Oh yeah, I I love that series. Um, it, it, I'm still bummed that Andrea Sorrentino. Yeah, but um, someone recently tweeted. I don't know if it's Scott Snyder. Someone said someone said they they read. Maybe it was Scott saw uh, like the parts of um the first issue of Green Arrow that that Sorrentino and, and Jeff Lemire are doing, and it was like it was like great, which is what you'd. I think he's an odd choice for Green Arrow, yeah. but I think it's it's going to be really cool. He needs some kind of. Boost, some kind of bump, don't they, Green Arrow? I mean, Definitely. Is, it, is it not doing that well? Or I'm I, honestly, I I can barely read it. Um, I feel bad because I I I I love JT Kroll, and I feel like he kind of got the short end of the stick. He got the blame when editorial is like, okay, this is who Green Arrow is going to be in the new Fifty Two, and you know, it it just I something about that. It, it just it didn't that didn't work for me, and you know, people didn't like it, and I it's it's not like. JT says, "Hey, I want to make him younger now, and you know this and that." So, you, oftentimes you just have to make the best, you know, make the best comic book you can make given the parameters that are presented to you. You know. Yeah. So, and and then um, then with with Anne writing it, it's, it's just it, it's just not working for me. Um, so I'm I'm really curious to see what 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 Jeff's gonna Jeff Lemire is gonna do with the book. But for um Andrea Sorrentino, I mean. His art really works for Eye Vampire. I mean, it it totally set set the mood. And you know, I love what Josh is doing. You know how how he writes the the twists and everything. Yes, sir. So I I think his style on Green Arrows that's going to be really weird because you know it it really fit like with a supernatural fantasy you know type element. But so. you know, Green Arrow can be a darker book than uh, than it has been. Yeah. So we'll see. Um, have you read any of Rucka's Stump Town? Actually, I haven't. I, I I remember when it came out, I picked up an issue, but I, I don't think I ever got a chance to read it. Um, and who do you think should take over Birds of Prey after Swazinski leaves the book? We were, that's already been announced. And you mentioned that his name that you couldn't remember his last name, and I can't either. He's, a, he's an awesome dude, by the way. That's good, good to hear. Um, should there be any changes, additions to the lineup? Um, well, that, that one... Um, I think I forget her name is is strict not strict it's the the, the female Talon is supposedly joining the team and I don't know if Katana is going to stand because she's going to be in Justice League of America which is kind of weird but and she's getting her own book too see she's yep. getting her own book in Cyborg's not 
Vibe's getting his own book. Well, I don't know. Just Just Leave America's Vibe. I think that's what they're calling it. It's like people are like like Vibe. They're, they don't even want to call it Comic Vibe. They're calling it Just Leave America's Vibe. Uh, Benny Q says in Hawkman number fourteen, the captured Thanagarian mentioned their war with the Caesarians. Cesar- you know, I've never said that word out loud. Um, Lobo's people, his planet. Um, I can't remember if Lobo's past has been changed in the New 52, but I thought it was mentioned somewhere that he still killed his whole people. So if Lobo killed all the Caesarians, how could the Thanagarians still be warring with them? Just a mistake, maybe? I can't answer this question. Um, I, I answer it, certainly. What? I certainly can't answer it. Yeah, because um, I, I read the, the first appearance of Lobo in, in Deathstroke, it didn't work for me and I haven't been reading Hawkman. And so maybe you can see a common theme there, but I, I don't know if, if Lobo's past has been changed. Cause the deal was he killed his entire planet. He killed everyone on there. So he was the last one. Cause that's just how ruthless and, you know, of a jerk he was. Right. So I, I don't know. <coughs> I, yeah. Sorry. Sorry, Benny Q. Um, Mr. Guerrero? Yes. I have to go pick up my son. Okay. All right. Um, I'm yeah, I'll just going to answer a few more. This is, I don't even know how long this podcast is. Cause since 74 we, hours, something like that. So I, I'm going to answer a few more questions without you, if you don't mind. Oh, but, why would I mind? You know, you know everything and I know nothing. <laughs> I, I don't know about Lobo in a new 52. All right. So, um, I, I'll do a proper outro for you and remind everyone to, to, to okay. read your stuff. I will catch you uh, later, sir. Okay. All right. So I'm going to continue um, get through some more of these questions. So they, I, I still got to do some Twitter questions so they they don't get lost. Um, Silent Echo says, "Do you miss the letter columns in comics? I sure do. It was an integral and very interesting part of all comics. Um, be honest, or if I'm being honest, I when they do appear, I don't always read them. Sometimes I'll skim through them to see." What what's there? Because sometimes you can find out information. You know, someone will ask a questions, and and whoever's running the the letter column, whether it's an editor or sometimes a writer, they'll sometimes give stuff out. But w- w- because I have to read so many comics, there's just times I get to the end, it's like I I, I got to move on to the next book, and that's the unfortunate thing. Um, two, have you ever written to Superman comics in the '90s? I own all of them, so I'd like to see the one you wrote and what you had asked. Um, I actually, I think I've only written two letters um, and they were both printed. One was in an issue of um, Excalibur and the other was an issue of the Avengers. And um, I don't have the numbers on the top of my head, but they, they both involved Alan Davis because I'm a huge Alan Davis fan. So there's that. Um, actually, I'm going to save these more questions from curse base T. So we'll save those for the next time. Um, but I want to get to some Twitter questions. So Barnloaf says, how does Superman perceive reality? Would he see things on a different plane with x-ray vision, always layered and distance? I don't think, I, I think he sees it like normally. And, when he uses x-ray vision or even like his super vision, because it's not like when you, when you or I look at the world and you, or when you look off at, at the distance, the farthest thing you can see in focus, that's like your regular vision. But I don't think, you know, if, if Superman can 
seed a serial number on a satellite passing by overhead. I don't think he always sees that way. So maybe to see out, you know, to use his supervision, he's he's kind of actually focusing it, concentrating it, in a, in a sense, turning it on. Same thing with his X-ray vision. I think he just thinks, and somehow his the lens in his pupils or whatever changes, and and that's how he's able to see everything. Because <coughs> yeah, yeah, I I don't think he just sees everything in a different way. Um, Elwood Toast says, "Does Comic Vine have a, a strict standard when it comes to ratings? Do all staff raters use the same scale and criteria?" Um. Yes and no. I mean, we, we no, we don't. I actually no, we don't have a strict standard when it comes to ratings. Um, you know, we we hopefully when we all do our write ups, we're very clear on why we liked it, and why we didn't like it. There's been times when I I've seen you know so because I you know I, I read all all the reviews that that everyone writes on on. And there's there's times I don't agree with them where like if someone gave something a three, I would say, you know, maybe I'd give that a four or there's been times when someone gives something a four and I'd say, you know, I probably would have given that a two. And, you know, so part of it is personal taste. I mean, that that's reviews are just opinions. So um, I, there, I don't think you can say, OK, this these are the things we're looking at. You know, you have to look at how well is the dialogue, how well is the art, how, you know, how does it flow, how is the you know, panel layout? You, you can't do that. So. We just kind of keep it, you know, it's all subjective. It's just your opinion. And I think, you know, just by saying basically the only criteria we have is you have to do the good, the bad and the verdict. You know, you have to fill those areas in. And that way it gives the reviewer more leeway to, you know, write down what they really feel rather than saying you need to hit these main things. Um, El Watosa says, I'm now rewatching Smallville season nine, getting into the checkmate episodes with Max Lord and Waller. Loving it. Oh, so not, not a question there. There, and there's a thing I still haven't seen all of, um, Smallville because there was like 30 episodes that I hadn't seen. I got just so behind and I watched the final episode, obviously, and I did a write up on it, but I was like, I got to watch these other, the show's over. I'm still going to watch them. And then my DVR died. I had to get it get it replaced. All those episodes, everything was wiped out because for some reason they couldn't transfer what was on the hard drive. They just said sorry, so that that sucked. Um, so then Elwood Toe says, "Where do you see Checkmate's place in a new Fifty Two? If there is one, um, Earth Two, Suicide Squad. Your thoughts? That's you know interesting question. I never really thought about Checkmate um, in a new Fifty Two, and I don't know who would be the person to ask that." But it, that's a very good question. Um, maybe like Jeff Johns would know. I don't know. But, but if they, I would think that they probably do exist, but they're probably so co- covert that we just haven't seen them. So I don't think it would be a matter like if they do pop up, it's going to be like a brand new organization. So I, I think they're they're somewhere doing sneaky things. Okay, last question from Elwotos. Did you see The Hobbit yet? Love it, hate it. I noticed some flaws, but loved it in spite of them. Um, at the time I'm recording this, the answer is no. And I sadly have a feeling maybe by the time this goes live, the answer might still be no. Not that I don't want to see it. I just don't know if I'm going to have the time. And I don't know. Maybe I will see it because um, I've been watching The Lord of the Rings with my wife and daughter. Um, so, um, 
maybe we'll by this this time we'll, we'll have seen it because she she's she's enjoying the the movies you know and even if they're though they're so long because you know we're watching extended versions of course so um i can't answer that question at this point but if i do see it before this podcast goes live i or after i, w- I will let you know elwood toast just remind me um sin q nuno says do you know if anyone else will be involved with the trinity war besides justice league pandora versus jla question versus jld just league darks um stranger um just League. i don't know why you're mentioning the question in just league well uh, uh, I, okay i i i get what you're saying this is the trinity I, okay, I totally get what you're saying now. Um, so, yeah, we're going to have the Trinity War. There's those, the three people. So there's Pandora to question and this Phantom Stranger. Um, I have to honestly say I never really thought of, of them each pairing up with one of these teams. Um, I, I think because when we think of – or at least for me, when I think of Trinity, I think Batman, Superman, Wonder Woman. So I never really thought of Justice League, the upcoming Justice League of America, and Justice League Dark. That could be very interesting if it does branch out. I don't know. I don't think there's been any details other than that what we saw in the free comic book issue <clears throat> last May. So I don't know if Justice League Dark's gonna be involved, but I would think that they should, especially with you know Steve Trevor involved with Justice League Dark and with Justice League of America. So um I don't know. But and, and it's gonna matter or it's gonna depend on how big of an event they're actually gonna make this. Um, Elkin SCS. So this is Corey Elkins. Given how little we know about her, do you think the new Lady Shiva could possibly be Cassandra Kane? Um, no, I, I I don't see that happening. Um, I don't think they would do that. Um, the the question is because Lady Shiva supposedly is is the same age, around the same age as Dick Grayson, which I don't know if I agree with that because that's what um Penguin said. Um. It, the question is, you know, how could she – she can't have had – or she can't have a 16-year-old Cassandra Cain. Um, but then what was brought up in – so I mentioned this in the podcast a couple of weeks ago – is, you know, maybe the Lady Shiva is, is actually Cassandra Cain's older sister. You know, if they, they change that and, you know, the real – their, their mother, the original Lady Shiva is actually somewhere else. And – this would make sense if, if no one really knows what Lady Shiva looks like. It's possible she could have, you know, have her her older daughter, you know, taking her place, doing some things. And you know, that way, Lady Shiva is just like the mantle. And then if she has a job to do, you know, it's like whoever's, you know, closer, but best fit for that. So that, that would be interesting. Um, and the last question comes from Nightwing70. So this is Carlos. He says, is Daredevil end of days part of the continuity? I'm trying to find a good jump on point for Daredevil. You guys keep saying it's good. It is really good. Um, as far as, as Daredevil, it depends on how far back you can go. Um, if if you um, The current Mark Wade Daredevil is on issue, I think 21 just came out a couple weeks ago. Um, if you can get all those issues, get the trades, that, that's a good place. Um as far as is more recent if you if you can't go that that far back there there kind of some seeds that have been, been trickling here and there i mean but like like i said with, with brian before is 
you, you kind of just got to jump in. You know, you, you can't wait to say, okay, you know, this is in the middle of a story arc. I'll wait till this arc's over because there could be little, little pieces that are going to carry over into the next arc. And then you're going to miss out on that if you're just waiting. So you just got to jump in and just, just start, you know, seeing what, what's happening and, you know, you know, try to, try to figure it out. And if you can, you know, pick up the back issues and, and you fill in the pieces later because that's how we did it back in the day. You know, you, you just started reading it and you, you found out. Um, as far as Daredevil and the days, it's hard to say if that's in continuity because that's that's in the future. Um, you know, it's Daredevil's final days. You know, he bad stuff happens to him. You know, very first issue, and, and you know, it's it's a matter of looking back at at what led up to these events. You know, what what were Daredevil's final days like? So, in a sense, it's supposed to be in the same continuity, but because it's it's a future story. You know, anything goes. It's it's not written in stone. We'll never actually get to that point where they're all you know, ten years. I don't even know how many years in the future it's supposed to be. So, yes and no. All right, that is it for this week. This has been the Invincibly Super Massive Comic Book Podcast of Stuff. So, um, if you have questions. Go to the Ask G-Man video questions thread in the general forums. Ask your questions there. So I went through page 25. So um, there's just a couple of pages left. So you got to keep asking questions. And here uh, on Twitter, so you can at reply me, G-Man from heck. Use a hashtag. hashtag. So that's the pound symbol. And then Ask G-Man. You don't even have to at reply me for these. Just do Ask G-Man. And then ask your question. And then when I do a search, I can see all the Ask G-Man questions. And if you want a little preview, you can even look at the Ask G-Man questions. The problem with this is why I try to keep up with these. You know, I've mentioned before, I tend to answer these questions faster because for whatever reason, the way Twitter works, um, these questions tend to disappear, which, which I really don't like because if you're doing a hashtag, you should be able to scroll back and look through the history of everything under that hashtag. But for some reason, you can't unless there's some other way. And, and I, when I do this, I go straight on you know Twitter.com and people are like, I don't need all this information. But that's the podcast. So thanks to Brian Bucciolato for, for jumping in here. Um, and definitely read The Flash. So The Flash 15 came out today <laughs> read that um it's grill grad stuff crazy stuff's happening um yeah and and you know check out his foster book if, if you can you know he he self-published that and then we're still waiting for more details on black bat from dynamite entertainment so he's going to be writing that as well and he did like the character designs for that so uh we will have another one of these podcasts we'll have a regular podcast uh this friday every friday um, me, Sarah, usually Corey, sometimes James Robinson. And then we'll have another one of these next week. Should be another guest, another comic book creator. Thank you for listening. I'm Tony Guerrero. Thanks for coming to Comic Vine. And I will talk to you guys soon. So, so my question, my is, question is, is, could it be? We don't, we don't know. know. And I would like to ask you which comic book does affect you most emotionally. Yeah. Yeah. That's the question. Don't oh, shake your head. I love Alan John I love Alan Davis. I, I, I wasn't a fan of this. That's the question. You can't blame the immediate creative team. 
I give this a two. 